Welcome back, everybody, to Tailgates and Turnovers, the official film crew college football podcast. Got a packed house tonight. Joining me, Tyler, as your host, we've got Bennett, as usual. Welcome back, boss. What's up? Living the that's dream. all I got. <laughs> hey, that's, that's enough. Right, Charlie's joining us as well. What's going on, my man? Fonte Mac, no matter what. Everybody wait Pancake, his pancake eating bitches. Pancake eating motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then joining us for the first time in a long time, Dukes is back. Dukes, what's going on? Back from the abyss. <laughs> Just in time. This is um, probably probably the best time in a nice little six month period here of football. Is this FL draft coming up, and we're going to spend pretty decent amount of time talking about that. But first, just a couple little news items we wanted to go over. A few things happened since the last time we all got together. Uh, first thing, uh, the NCAA did approve a change in the play clock. It is no longer going to stop automatically on a first down until I think it's what until like the final five minutes of the half or something like that or yeah I think that's right some, I feel like yeah, yeah it's like something. it's like out bounds in the NFL yeah like last five so, minutes yeah like last five oh, minutes about what I read yeah yeah so I don't know how you guys feel about this personally I'm not a fan I always enjoyed that aspect of the game um, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's that the, they're essentially saying that this is good. Yeah, they're essentially saying this is going to try in the game. It's really not. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate it if they're actually willing to short, like make the game shorter. Like, but they're not. My question. My, they're just gonna. Make, they're just gonna make instead of two minute fifty second commercial breaks. They're gonna be like three minute thirty second commercial breaks, and it's like that. I just have no interest in. Like if they were gonna, if they were committed to actually making the games. Yeah take less time great but i don't think that they are right yeah it's maybe i'm a weirdo but i had no issues i had no real complaints about the game time for college ball i didn't mind burning three hours no the game. no thing, the thing for me has it was always like literally sitting in the game oh yeah like and go yeah, to a game perfect. when there's a commercial break it is hell yeah now that i can understand like if you're at the games before the view for me it gives me time to bounce around to come back right. to it. It's actually kind of perfect where the NFL is like snorting heroin for the first time. You're trying to keep up with it all. <laughs> Not that I know yeah, anything it's... about that. So so I've heard. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it's Allegedly. it's just tough because I don't think that this is actually going to shorten what we see on the TV. It's just going to either be more commercial breaks or it's going to be longer breaks, like you said, Charles. More and... split screen with us yep. missing, not being focused on the action. That's what you're going to get. More Applebee's. Oh, but here's here's a, I, I guess here's a net po- potential positive or negative how you do it. It's going to take the game out of the coach's hands a lot more. So you're going to have to have the players be willing to make calls on the fly where they don't have that built-in 20 seconds to get set after a first down in high stress. Well, doing when they're doing no huddle. Yeah, it's yeah, and that might be just a situation where then you're going to see just more teams out talenting each other and. Not gonna yeah. necessarily get as many scheme wins, so you might not get a whole lot of wins being stolen or anything like that. So, uh, shit, I hadn't even thought about that. So that might even like decrease parity. That might make it. Yeah, this rule is for the big boys. Like, if you want to look at it from a football, just pure football advantage. Like, if you're Bama, you're you're overjoyed by this because that means you take the yeah. tip out of the game, which was like you see a big a big upset loss. It typically comes down to, like a team playing a tip of the other team can't stay. Like Tennessee Bama this past year, like Tennessee shouldn't beat Bama. 
this past year, but they were playing such a third tempo that they Bama could not keep up. Yep. Yeah, it helped it helps your, you know, uh your I wanna drain clock teams. That's yeah, right. I wanna pound the rock. It helps, you, it helps your Wisconsin's of the world with disgusting offenses that nobody ever wants to watch and shouldn't exist in hey now the year the year 2023 hey now. brian for might be sweating this one out honestly <laughs> he needs all the time he could get that's a fair point if you got a good offensive line this is a good rule for you yeah 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 definitely yeah, and so we'll, the, the only other thing is that um they're gonna be able to call this less plays being able to let these kids play more games in the playoff and stuff like that too i know we didn't bring that up that's another good point too. Yeah, mm -hmm. a little less wear and tear over the course of the season. Yeah, yep. So they I don't mean, really care though. They just chop at the margins to try to make themselves feel good with that type of stuff. Like, yeah, like the cynic in us should all say this is all about commercials and ad space. Like this is a hundred percent. If there was a rule, like, and I get it, if they want to try to make the rules more like the NFL, but I would rather they do something like get rid of the one foot down rule and make it two feet. You know. Like, I feel like that's something that they could do that it would get the players more ready for NFL speed. Yeah. Like you said, the players are the last concern in all of this. It's all exactly. It's all lip service. So, yeah. yeah so we're going to see, we're going to see what that looks like. Um, hopefully we're wrong in our cynicism, but um, NCAA hasn't exactly given us a reason to trust them on anything. So we'll have to see. Next up, we've got Colorado complete roster overhaul. I, I can't think of any any team that's been turned over this quickly and this extremely. I don't know if you guys can, but this is like this is peak transfer portal. Like this, this is the biggest test of the transfer. And we were talking about like Michigan, Michigan State, and Ole Miss being the big test for how to build a team through the transfer portal. And then Dion comes in, and this is what it is at this point. I mean, it's almost like you're gonna it, go ahead, try it. It's almost like college basketball. Like it's almost like that level of yeah. coach leaving turnover like what penn state is only through right now it's like your coach leaves all of a sudden you're down to literally two scholarship players mm -hmm. and then in two weeks you're back up to eight scholars it's like it's that level of quick turnover that we just have not seen in football at this point yeah where'd that where'd that coach for penn state go uh i don't know but but i but i've heard he's he's brought nobody in from the transfer portal so far so that's a real shame for him <laughs> Oh, his new school, whatever that school may be. Yeah, can't can't imagine where that is. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this really translates to wins and losses because you know this it doesn't feel like something where he's trying to, as much as he says he is, it doesn't feel like it's something where he's trying to build like a foundation or anything like that. No, not at all. I think I think I saw today they're down to fifteen roster or uh, fifteen scholarship players. So it's yeah, who were there. At the beginning of last year, yeah. right? So it's fifteen. Mm -hmm. It's fifteen scholarship players who were who were on the roster at the start of the last season, right? Yeah. Okay. So he lost. They have like he lost all four quarterbacks who have thrown more than twenty passes. Three of five running backs. All nine players with more than eight targets. Five offensive linemen. Seven of eight uh, D line with snaps, and all pretty much all of his linebackers and defensive backs with snaps. Like everyone's yeah. just gone. And on the one hand, they were a one-win team last year. Like <laughs> they yeah. doesn't feel like they're necessarily losing a whole lot. Um, but there's no guarantee that who he's bringing into the portal is going to be better. Like 
they probably will be. It's hard to be worse than one loss, but there might be a ceiling on how good, if especially if some of these guys are younger and don't have any playing time, like this might be something where you're not going to see a huge return on investment year one, at least. I think it's what he wanted, though. Like, yeah, I think I think it's what he was preparing to do. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, he basically got he wanted a clean slate. And that's what he got. Yeah, he he said as much in his very first meeting with the players too. So like this yeah. shouldn't be surprising anybody. Um, it's not. I think people are kind of clutching pearls over how quickly the roster turnover is going, and especially with the stuff about uh, some of the players not getting access to film or anything like that. It's been. Uh, it, it sounds like it's standard practice, especially if it's uh, filmed from like this spring or anything like that. So, I'm not really. I'm not really too upset about it. Yeah, it's not uncommon for like a new coach who, and I'm blanking on who said, it, but a, a famous former coach. You, you guys got the last guy fired. I'd be damned if y'all do this to me. It's pretty much him just updating that mantra to like I'm bringing Louis luggage. Yeah, I will. That's been calling the players luggage and like, yeah, not sure. that's been not the, not the best. Not the best. I think I think that was a quote today. It's like I, I had a lot of old furniture. I had to move out. I was like. Come on, man. Like, th- these are still kids. I respect the transparency more so than most, though. Yeah. Like, I, you know, the people who say the other way, they're thinking the same exact thing. He's just verbalizing it. Yeah. Just could have picked different verbs for it, I guess, or uh, different adjectives. That, that, but what's the line? What could he call them that you've been okay with? Just say he had to clean house. Like, that. Like, I don't. That's I, furniture. I That's furniture. It's it's just an optics thing at that point, but yeah, like it, it's really not that big of a deal, and they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to replace these players, I think, without much issue. Yeah, I mean, Colorado, there's potential there. Like uh, some of my friends, they didn't like him going to Colorado, and I thought about it for a minute. I said, you know, Colorado's flush with money. Um, the location is less than ideal, but it's a beautiful city. Number one, if you get people there, there's a place you might want to go to, and they play big time college football there. It's going to be an opportunity for them to win. They've won a national championship. It's not they, like it's yeah, in my lifetime, they've won a national championship. They've also had a fifth down. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's doable there. I don't know if Dion wants to stick around long enough to try to do it, but I think someone with the kind of recruiting juice he has can do it. Just a matter of you know being willing to. But next up, we've got University of Texas and University of Michigan scheduling a home and home, uh, one in 2024 and then one in 2027. Uh good helmet game. That's uh, you got two historic blue bloods going at it with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what the rosters are going to look like for either team in 2024 and especially not 2027. Uh, but it's got the potential to be a good game depending on what happens with Texas and you know what Michigan loses or or gains. Yeah, I mean, it should be good games. Like, I'm excited to watch them. I just think I, I don't know. I, I, I subscribe to the uh, playing difficult out of conference games is the dumbest thing you can do as an NCAA program uh, mindset. So I don't really know why either of them agreed to it, but Hey, I'll watch. How did they even get to schedule for 2024? Did Texas lose somebody because they're joining the sec? I would have to think so. That's that's the only thing that makes sense. That'd be my guess as well. But like, I, I agree. It's dumb to schedule really good out of conference opponents, but at the same time, this Michigan team just played like Hawaii, Colorado State, and then like it, it was by far the worst at a conference schedule in the country in the Power Five. Like you got to tune up though. Like why? Why am I gonna put out there put myself more at risk of losing game just for your amusement? Yeah, but how much are you tuning up against Colorado State? 
don't know. Get your reps in. Yeah. Bennett, so I Bennett, I actually take that back. It was uh, announced in 2014. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> I don't know how this oh. I, don't, I don't know how this popped up on my uh my news feed, but all right. It's, uh, all right. Nine, it's nine years ago that they switched locations. That was the news. Is that gotcha. they were supposed uh -huh. to be at they were supposed to be at Texas, but instead they're gonna be at Michigan. Oh my god! All right, I'll cut this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was news, and and I I tell you what, I had no idea they were going to play that game. But I didn't either. It, I, it thought, I thought it was in twenty fourteen. So. I was surprised. All right, let's let's yeah. move on. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Yeah, that's fine <laughs> with me. Uh, next up, TCU has announced that they won't be selling single game tickets for BYU or Texas. Uh, they will only be a part of their ticket plans, the Keep It Purple plan, which. Not a great name. I think we kind of talked about this before we kicked off here. That's uh, that's not a very good marketing name. Project Hypno Toad. Yeah, that's instantly cooler. But I mean, I like the concept. Like, you're not going to let people resell tickets to potentially outside fans, or you're not going to let people buy those single game tickets early and then be forced to <clears throat> just be able to pawn those off instantly. So you capitalism. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I know Notre Dame kind of the same thing with the uh, the Clemson game this year. This past year, uh, you had to buy you had to buy those tickets as part of a package. I think it was the fucking Marshall game, uh, which I'm glad I decided not to pull the trigger on that one. But I think they did uh, that. I, I think the, you're gonna. Uh, I think Notre Dame did that with the Georgia game too, right? A couple years ago. When Georgia just packed the house, yeah, I, I, they either did it or that was the thing mm. that kicked it off. Um, yeah, because that was pretty embarrassing. Listen, if, 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 if you want to travel there and get in, you're going to find a way. I'm, I don't, I don't think anybody's really that worried about being able to resell tickets. Yeah, you can get in, but I mean, <laughs> at least it just helps get the university money. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good plan. I think it's just going to see. I don't know how effective it's going to necessarily be. Yeah, and I don't know if it's anything that can be like recreate, like recreated at scale at one of those bigger schools, right? Like TCU Stadium fills what, like 50,000, 40, 40,000? 40, like yeah. you're probably selling a decent amount of season tickets, whereas like you're trying to fill one of the ninety to a hundred thousand seats. Like it doesn't matter. You can you're gonna sell as many season tickets as you possibly can, but like you're gonna have to sell the seats to that game. You're just they're not gonna sell out to your fans only. Yeah, but it does it does help them, you know, say they sold out this game, you know. Right. Like with the Marshall game. Like I they were probably gonna sell oh, absolutely. they were probably gonna sell that game out anyway because it was Freeman's first home game, but like any other year, you're not gonna sell that game out without right putting the tickets in a package. So I, I get that part of it. Change the name though. Keep it purple plan kind of sucks. Next up, we've got Tennessee approving three hundred and fifty million dollars in renovations for the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. So tax dollars being put to good use there as usual. Um, <laughs> didn't they just approve? Didn't they just announce that they had approved a deal with the Titan Stadium too? Yeah, like they yeah. Secured, yeah. So good job, Tennessee. What a bigger racket than stadium improvements. Good lord. Prioritize. Bill, Bill Simmons been saying been saying it for years. It is. I mean, it's true. It's it's born out as being true. It doesn't. It's not a catalytic event or bill that most people try to politicians try to sell it as it's just they want free box seats oh yeah and it's they always try to oversell the economic impact of a new stadium 
So I'm gonna create like 500 minimum wage jobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I've yeah. at least the stadium will look cool in Memphis, I guess. Do do the Tigers actually play in that stadium during the season? Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So that'll be nice for them at least. My brother lives in Memphis. Oh, does he? Yes. Nice. There's much larger issues in Memphis other than yeah. I was trying to say they can find some else to use this money. Better, better uses for three hundred million dollars in the city. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's some place, but those issues don't give you the box seats. <laughs> no, they don't. I know. Yep. Uh, speaking of new stadiums, they got announced that Aloha Stadium won't be ready until 2028. Uh, mm. I the mock-ups of that stadium look like it's going to be sweet for once it actually gets upgraded, but I'm um, going to have to wait a while for that. Unfortunately, they're going to have to keep playing on the fucking soccer field. Yeah. What's the holdup? Is it all supply chain type stuff? Island time, baby. Yeah, right. It's just uh, <laughs> I saw somebody, some Hawaii fan, say something. He's like, "This is why we'll never actually get an invite to the Pac-12." It's just like we. This is the kind of stuff that happens, and we just can't move anything along. I wouldn't mind living down there, but yeah, if you need something done, that's probably the last place you want to go to get something done. Would the Pac-12 say no Hawaii right now? Mm. Yeah, I think so. yeah. Th- I feel like there are other schools they would let in before Hawaii. But who's coming? They don't have a. T- uh, they don't have a good TV deal. Like they're shopping their stuff with CW right now. You don't want to watch uh, the S or not USC. You don't want to watch Oregon wedged in between two uh, episodes of Smallville. Is that what you're telling me right now, Dukes? Depend if I have money on it. <laughs> that's how. That's how. I mean, I've been known to watch a Hawaii Boise. <laughs> I don't think any kind of recoups some funds. <laughs> I don't think any of us are innocent of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Yep. I've been yeah. there. <laughs> If anyone of my friends takes me watching Hawaii, I say, yo, you got a problem. Like, I don't know why you watch. You know, I watch it for the love of the sport. Yeah. Imagine being that dude at a sports book in Vegas, 1.30 a.m., and you're just wa- you're intently watching Hawaii and, like, Colorado State or some shit like that. Oh. Low, low point right there. But, yeah, stadium looks like it's not going to be ready for quite a few years yet, which kind of sucks because I, w- I think the team would rather not play on the soccer field. Next up, we've got some transfer portal news. Georgia D lineman Bear Alexander committed to the USC Trojans. Good pickup there. Uh, he credited Lincoln Riley as the reason he went to USC, which, okay. Um, the bag man cometh, man. The bag man cometh. <laughs> maybe they're going to work him out at tight end or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, two-way player. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so he's going to USC. Big pickup for them. Their defensive line ended up overperforming last year, I think, by – you know, most metrics, but uh, they definitely still need to keep that talent coming in. And uh, Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Buckner is in the transfer portal. He uh, transferred out after the spring game. By all accounts, he has been in motion on this for a while. Uh, he's keeping his option of coming back open, He and he said as much. Uh, he's not ruling out a return, but as of right now, he is in the portal. And a lot of smoke to Alabama which I don't know how Alabama fans are really going to feel about that. Actually, I have an idea how they feel about that, and it's not great (laughs) because he did not look great in the spring game. Like There are other issues with the way Notre Dame does their spring game that I think contribute to that. Like in a red jersey, he's not really allowed to take off and run, which is a big part of his game, but uh, he he just flat out didn't look good. So I can't imagine with that being the most recent image of – him being in people's minds that Alabama fans are too excited about that prospect. I mean, it feels to me like Bama's, if Bama says you're going to be our starting quarterback 
he's gonna go to Bama. Yeah, but it's I don't know if that's gonna happen. It sounds like much like Florida, they just had a really bad spring game. Yeah, Uh, so I'm sure everyone's starting to freak out a little bit. Yeah. And there was a little bit of smoke to Auburn and some to TCU, but uh, TCU got their transfer quarterback situation taken care of. And as of right now, it sounds like it's either going to be going to Alabama or staying at Notre Dame, which I hope for the latter because as much as I do like uh, Kenny Minchie, who is their their quarterback signee this year, uh, he's still going to be a true freshman, and I don't necessarily trust him to come in right away as a a QB2 on that roster to effectively run that offense. So – Somebody who knows the system, I would rather. I'd rather keep him around and have him compete for the job next year. Uh, just since you brought it up, I'll, I'll keep it local. There's a lot of uh, Brock Vandergriff to Auburn smoke around here right now. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It sounds like Carson Dex got the job. So, okay. Got to do your own thing. Yeah. The total closes what? Uh, Friday? Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. Got, got the decision to make then. But, yeah, it sucks. He he didn't look good, and like, yeah, we won't get into this. Uh, we could do a discussion, a more in depth discussion about spring ball the next time we go on. But uh, just gonna be curious to see what actually happens with that. And then last up in news, uh, Hugh Freeze's contract details were released. Everybody's most upstanding citizen, head coach, mm. uh, six years, six point five million a year average. Uh, slots in at 18 overall, right in the middle of uh, Brent Venables and Kirk Ferentz. Feel that it's tough because he has obviously been a very successful coach wherever he's gone, but he doesn't really feel like he deserves that kind of money. I don't I mean, neither, neither does Kirk Ferentz. So, like, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you start digging through it, and you start questioning a lot of people's salaries. Oh, yeah. You really, you really think Chris Bell should be getting eight right now? No. Yeah, but that, that's for that's for a different reason than why I don't think Hugh Freeze deserves that kind. Oh, of thing. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Hugh Freeze, the individual, deserves money. Yeah. Did Hugh that's, Freeze get a burner look, phone? That's, that's fact. <laughs> Did Hugh Freeze get free burner phones for life with this deal? <laughs> it's Auburn. I have to feel like that was he's, tra- he's, got, he's like a track phone. <laughs> a track phone yeah, sponsorship. Track phone sponsorship. <laughs> Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile. <laughs> And the school He's gonna be the, the first coach that has sponsorships on his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say good for him because he, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's uh, it's a heavy contract. <laughs> Auburn. I mean, it just still feels like they have issues uh, structurally in that program. Sorry, I, I just, just looked it up. Really half, yeah. That's really a half a million dollars more a year than what uh, Harson was getting. Harson was Harson was on six years six, so. Yeah, they overpay their coaches like crazy, and then they pay crazy buyouts. Like, I think uh, I think Ari Weissman said it has said it multiple times. Fired college football coach is probably the best job in America, especially if you're in the yeah. if you're coming from the SEC. That so, was the whole reason. Um, allegedly, Herm came out of retirement was that the basically the golden parachute. Like worst case scenario, you're gonna get the parachute and you'd be rich forever. Shit, hell yeah, and you get to go to fucking Arizona State. Like, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if Herm is necessarily taken in by all the charms of Arizona State, but I, I could see that being a reason for you know Lane Kiffin or something if he was if he was in need of a job. Yeah, I go to I go to Norman or wherever the money's right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's all we got for news coming on right now. Uh, not a whole lot. We got we had a lot of spring ball action, and we can kind of go mm. over that the next time we come back together and 
kind of hash out some of the things that happened over the course of spring ball. But uh, in the meantime, with the NFL draft being less than 24 hours away, decided we're going to do a little mock draft. So the way this is going to work, we've already pre-assigned everybody's order. Uh, basically, everybody is going to have between seven and eight teams, and we're going to make picks for those teams based on the team needs and all that other kind of shit. So um, kicking things off is going to be Charlie. Charlie, who are you taking with the first overall pick in the tailgates and turnovers mock draft? All right, your Carolina football Panthers. Uh, they will be taking Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. Uh, should they be taking quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama? Arguable, but uh, they will be. And there's not really much else to say about it other than yeah. It, I think that's who everybody has going one overall at this point. It sounds like it's pretty much a lock, despite what some random weirdos on the sportsbook subreddit have decided to po put out there. <laughs> Uh, Deuce, I don't know if you heard about that, but someone on the sportsbook subreddit posted that uh, Will Levis is telling his family that the Carolina Panthers told him they were drafting him. And I think so many people from that sub bet him to be the first overall pick that they uh, actually shut down odds there for a, a little while. No, I did not see that story. Absolute degenerate behavior. <laughs> it was yeah, it went from what like plus four thousand to, to plus like, four fifty or something yeah, like plus that. Plus four fifty. Yeah. In the span of like two hours. <laughs> then the books eventually just took the odds off for the first three picks. Like just absolutely tanked oh, odds on that. J Dog deep state cronies. Pe people have had to have <laughs> cashed out on futures for that. Oh yeah, somebody cashed out and made a lot. I'm confident. Yeah. This that felt so much like all the GameStop shit, where yep. stuff just got pumped like crazy, and yep. someone had to have made some bank. Pump on. it up, pump and dump. Exactly. Pump and I I've never seen something like that for, for betting on a first round pick, but yeah, no Bryce Young. I mean, he's his only knock is his size. Like that's really it. Yep. Everything else, he's got he's got a good arm. I would say he's got an elite arm talent. But I mean, if you're gonna pick a nit, then it might be that, but. Like the processing is there, the ability to create off schedule, his pocket awareness is just insane. Um, it's really just the size. And I know he weighed in at the combine at like 204 or some shit like that, but everybody knows that's not his playing weight. <laughs> um, there's a, there are durability questions with that, I think. I mean, he is the smallest quarterback drafted in the in NFL history. Like, he's got, I can't think of anybody. Yeah, Flutie actually... wasn't drafted, right? Was Flutie drafted? I don't remember. I don't know if Flutie was I drafted, but I, th I think he went to the other league first. The uh, yeah, yeah. Or no, he went. He went. He went, Can he went Canadian first. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm oh. sure. I'm sure he's like. I'm know, whatever. But is he? Is is the inch that Russell Wilson is taller than him that important? No, like, I, I. And the height. The height honestly is not the deal breaker for me. It really is just the combo of that and the weight. Like he's small. Like that. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Like he he is the smallest quarterback that has ever especially in the first round has ever been drafted so i I, th I think you do have just some real questions of durability there but everything else just checks all your boxes he takes a lot of hits too though and that would be that would give me pause but it's one i, I guess you assume you could coach him out of it like being able to protect yeah. himself but man when you're that small like we see it every 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 sunday guys you big guys get hurt in the nfl because it's just yeah, yeah. such a violent game even with the taking violence out of it it's still very pretty violent Exactly. 
Charlie, did you have any hesitation about this pick? I don't know. I mean, like, could you just as easily take CJ Stroud? Yeah, you 100% could. There's no, like, easy math that's like you're guaranteed that Bryce Young's better than CJ Stroud over a 15 year NFL career. Like, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I'm, it, it just doesn't seem like things are trending that way. And also, traditionally, Ohio State quarterbacks outside of Justin Fields have been ass. Thank, thank you for that caveat. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a good pick. Bryce Young, like the just the X factor intangible type stuff that he brings to a team is just unreal. And the dude's just a natural in front of the media. Like he it, it's literally all just the size with him. Like if, the, if he was an inch taller and five pounds heavier, this wouldn't even be a discussion. Mm-hmm. You disagree, Dukes? I don't necessarily disagree. I just I'm looking at what Carolina did to get to the to the point to be able to draft them, and I find myself questioning will it be worth it? And you don't yeah. know if it's going to be worth it until you can you play it out. But right. I don't have Bryce Young as like a slam dunk can't miss prospect. He's not Andrew Luck or whoever top rated prospect you want. Justin uh, Justin Herbert even. So like, why am I rolling the dice with a guy who's small, takes a lot of punishment, has an injury history? And I traded yeah. my best wide receiver on top of that to a team that's in a rebuilding phase. But I just take a good player at that position and kind of, you know, continue to build. Yeah, I can see that. And it's it's kind of a weaker – this feels like a weaker draft class yeah, absolutely. in general. It's weird. Um, I can't believe you didn't say Trevor Lawrence for, uh, for a Kansas well, prospect I mean, like that. I don't want to claim to be a homer, <laughs> so that's why I try to, like, <laughs> stay away from my guys. But, you know, like, when, when there's a prospect that's viewed as can't miss, I understand trading up for it. But when a guy you have, like, you start with the questions with Young. You don't start with, like, what is he good at? You start with the questions. Like, he's obviously the highest floor, highest floor guy in the draft. Yeah. But I don't see – he's not can't miss. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Don't worry about being a homer, though. Just wait till one of you motherfuckers drafts mayor. Might be me. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to go into my usual soapbox with that one. But, uh, yeah, no, I like the pick, though. I, I do agree that there are – there are some concerns, but I think if you're just looking at this quarterback class in general, you got it's hard Absolutely. to argue against picking Bryce Young there. So nice pick, Charlie. At number two, the Houston Bennets are on the clock. So I've been going into a little bit of mock draft hell, reading down and down and down. I know we just had the offensive rankings last week saying it was for sure CJ Stroud, but uh not so sure about that anymore. Uh, behavior stuff going on, cognitive test bullshit, not doing too great. Uh, shout out to our boy Lovey Smith and blessing the Bears with that first overall pick because they wanted Bryce Young. They can't have him now. I, I literally think they're just going to take Will Anderson at two and just get the best player they can in the draft. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I'm probably shaking yeah, this whole process up a little bit, but I they don't want CJ Stroud, is pretty much what yeah. I think is going to happen. I agree. I think all the smoke right now has been trending away from Stroud and more towards a Will Anderson. Or I've seen I've seen some people talk Tyree Wilson too. Um, and we can kind of talk about the debate between those two guys. I personally I'm in the Anderson camp on that one. I know Tyree's got the measurables there, but uh, you know Anderson's just produced at a high level for so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I roll I roll Anderson there. I, I don't think I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll take a quarterback, but. Yeah. I think they should take Will Anderson. I think he's the best player in the draft. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Dane Brugler on the Athletic Football Show, and he comped 
Anderson to Khalil Mack. And like the more I thought about it, the more that fits. Just a great run stopper who's a plus pass rusher and is able to you know, cause too. havoc. It, what you Did say he, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't read the uh, comp, but is he saying he's a he's a clone or he's close to Clement? Like the the type of play, like the plus the positives that he brings uh, from his position, mm-hmm. just as as a run stopper and as a pass rusher, it just kind of reminded him of Khalil Mack when he was watching film. But it, it's crazy because like a year ago, he was absolutely without a doubt the best player in this draft class. Like there was no hesitation, and we had we were having debates on why he should have won the fucking Heisman last year. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's kind of crazy that uh, that someone else ended up kind of taking that spot as the best overall player in the draft this year, and I'm sure we'll talk about him here in the next couple picks. But uh, yeah, Anderson, he's he is a crazy high floor pick, I think, and he's going to do a lot of good in Houston. And, uh, hey, I was I want to be very clear. The uh, the Texans have the twelfth overall pick as well, and they, I literally think they might do it to get a quarterback there that they like. So that that's not, just where I, I, I'm starting to see them trend. Yeah, not zero chance, especially with how uh, I assume the four of us feel about a certain uh, banana eating quarterback, mayo eating quarterback. Uh, I have yeah, the mayo's a big problem. The banana, I was kind of like, okay, he's just different, but the Ooh, mayo was, no, no, <laughs> what you doing, bro? He's weird, man. <laughs> we'll we'll talk more about him in a little bit, but uh, good God. So yeah, that good great pick at number two there with Will Anderson. And uh, that's gonna bring it to me at number three. And Dukes, I know we talked a little bit about uh, before we started, but uh, since you've got the next pick with Indianapolis, are you looking to trade up at this point? Yes, I would like to trade up with you to right. move into three to I get a quarterback. All right, first and third for for three overall. Yep, that's correct, sir. All right, shoot it. That puts and, you on the clock. And with the third pick, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, University of Florida. Yeah, hell yeah, QB. Hell yeah, taking him at QB three is or QB two is interesting. It's. He is probably the most high ceiling, low floor quarterback candidate we've seen at this high of a level. Like he could be, he could, if he hits the ceiling, he could be like one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah, he's the guy. He's either going to go to the Hall of Fame or go get everybody fired within three years. There's mm-hmm. no in between. He's not. He's not going to hang around and be like, "Yeah, can we fix him?" He's either going to be to the moon or everyone's fired. Yeah. And this is a very out-of-character decision for the Colts, uh, both the trade-up and just taking a quarterback in the first round in the first place. Uh, Ballard has just not really wanted to spend big money on a quarterback at all. He's ever And, like, with the Andrew Luck retirement, you got to give him a grace period of, like, a year, maybe two. But this is, like, four years after Andrew Luck has retired at this point, and he's just been bargain-bin shopping the entire time. So yep. his he's definitely on the hot seat, in my opinion, this season. Like, if the Colts don't perform this year, he's going to get fired. Um, so I think taking a taking a risk like that is going to be a good thing. The surest way to get yourself an extension is to draft a quarterback and say, yep. you know, got to see the maturity too. And I think Ballas had, what, Six quarterbacks start for him. Six or seven quarterbacks start for him since his time at Indy. 
Yeah, something like that. That sounds about right. You got Brissett, Rivers, Ryan, Wentz, Luck, Wentz, right? Ellie, Wentz. Yeah, they're going on yeah. six and six years. Yeah, then he got Wentz, okay. and Ellinger last year too. Oh, I forgot about Ellinger. Yeah, last year. Texas is yeah. back, baby. Yeah, they they got to take a shot. And honestly, with Shane Steichen coming in as the head coach here, I like him being able to get a guy that is athletic and he can move the pocket around with him. Uh, we've, we saw what he did with Jalen Hurts this past season, uh, and they're not the same type of prospect or anything like that, but like we saw how creative he was, how creatively he was able to get production out of Jalen Hurts. And obviously having a wide receiver like A.J. Brown and having guys like Devontae Smith go is very helpful in that. But, I mean, I think you saw legitimately – good things out of Philadelphia's scheme that he should be able to bring to Indianapolis. Yeah, and part of my thinking is that the game has evolved to the point where, like, the traditional quarterback isn't as much of a requirement as it used to be. Like, it obviously helps, but, like, if you see, like, a guy with Jalen Hurts mature growing from where he was in college where he got benched in a national championship game to the point where he's at now, if you invest in the position and build the infrastructure around him, you get you can take a guy who's raw and mature him, uh, help him grow into something you could use or become the ultimate prospect for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and if if he is given patience and you know actually coached up, not necessarily just thrown to the wolves, mm-hmm. and he can actually work out some of his accuracy issues, that they're there. Like he had a fifty-five percent completion percentage last year. He wasn't accurate. Um, I think they're. Teams are definitely looking at like a Josh Allen type leap in the accuracy, which it, it's an outlier for a reason. So they they've got their work cut out for them. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like you can't teach accuracy, but I'm often wonder or wonder like guys like Josh Allen. I didn't see it. Like I'm not pretending I saw it. I didn't see it all in college. Um, nope. But now when you watch him, you're like shit. You just can't you can't throw a guy out anymore. Like if you put him in the right system, the right place, it can be coached. So, yeah, I, I like the pick. I've heard some arguments against that, too. Like, he really threw the ball downfield at Florida. It wasn't like, you know, short passes. So, that's where a part of the accuracy comes in. Yeah. Now, I was – someone was watching a ton of college football. Richardson probably made a, two or three of the most wild plays at quarterback that I've seen this season, this past college football season, mm-hmm. where you're like, holy shit. But he also made the wrong type of holy shit plays later. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, you know, he gives or he takes us away. It's kind of like what his career could be. It's either going to be wow or oh. Yeah. No, I like that, though. That's I, I think that's a good pick, and I think it's a pick that the front office situation in Indianapolis would definitely kind of lean it, lend itself toward. Any arguments from anybody on that pick? Any, anybody have any issue with that, or would they pick someone else? All right, we are all in agreement then. And that brings it back to me, pick number four, the Arizona Cardinals have moved back one spot and acquired some more draft capital in the process. And with the fourth overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals are going to select Edge Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. The highest a Texas Tech defender has ever gone in the NFL draft. Is that the highest a Texas Tech player has ever gone in the draft? It might be. Mahomes is probably, uh, well, word, uh, no, Crabtree wasn't Texas Tech, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. he went like he was like tenth though, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with Mahomes. So I, I think this would be the highest. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my brain, like, is he? Yeah, but I mean, this is kind of 
this is kind of an inverse situation for Will Anderson where Tyree Wilson has all of the measurables that you would want out of just like a prototype edge defender. The production has not necessarily been there, and he is a little, little more raw as a prospect than what you're going to get out of Will Anderson. So it, it's something that you got to be willing to do some work on. But I think if you're able to actually unlock that, then you're going to have just an absolute superstar at the edge. Um, he's got to, he's got to just develop his technique a little bit more, though. Um, he's got to develop some counter move. Like it, he, he's got work to do. I think it's more just on the mental side of being an edge rusher than it is on the physical aspect of it, though. But yeah, know. that's my pitch. Sorry, <laughs> cool. this, this feels like a. Um... Like you remember uh, Ziggy Anza that went like top five to the Lions, or uh, like yeah. Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd going top ten and just not really always being all right, but never. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Never being like awesome. Like it's just he's everyone's freaking out, but he always went off against the Packers and then just did nothing else for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like. I, I think the pick makes sense. I could also see them trading down further. Yeah, um, definitely but, could. You know, I had him going hey, hey, do that in real time here. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I think they could go down in like the mid, the low to the tens to mid teens and get like a, one of those, one of the top two offensive tackles still there. So, yeah, and they, it's a, it's a roster with a lot of holes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, they got nobody. Yeah. And we kind of agreed, like, outside of the, the trade up from four to three, like, we didn't want to get too into the weeds yeah. with like, trade calculations and everything like that but it's uh it's a position of need i know obviously they brought in an edge in free agency but they also lost one so i mean kaiser white is not going to do anything like he's not a needle mover at edge so you need a guy that can be kind of that star and uh yeah i I think that's who is going to have the best chance to be a star there um there's obviously one more guy that I, i was between him and probably one of the next guys off the board here, but we'll see. So yeah, no, Tyree Wilson, I think it's going to, I think he's going to end up being the pick if the Cardinals do stay here in this top four. Yeah. Like you said, I think they'll probably trade down and get even more picks. They just have so much. They they are by far the worst team in the NFL right now, besides maybe, I don't know. The Rams are kind of dog shit too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was, to, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, I was just gonna say I think it's hard to really find a Walsh roster at this point. Yeah, the uh, the Carters need Kyler to come back healthy, and it seems to be not trending in the right direction for Kyler right now. And up front, they were just offensive line; they were just bad. But partly, partly they were bad because Kyler held the ball too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the side they brought in they brought in some guys. Yeah, Will Hernandez. Like they 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 have at least tried to address the offensive line. I don't know how. Don't know how much of an upgrade, if at all, it would be, but they have at least put in some work to try to address it. So I, I think this is going to be a defensive pick here at the top if they if they don't trade down. I agree. So that takes off Tyree Wilson, and next up we've got Charlie representing the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, these some of these picks made it pretty easy for me. Uh, we're we're going to be taking Jalen Carter. Uh, if if some of the other D linemen had fallen in our little pick here it might have been a little more difficult to to make the pick but i, I mean he's he's a, a a d tackle on the level that we don't see that often talent wise in the uh, in the draft and and they are light in talent on the d line they brought in what uh reed old old bama guy who's you know pretty good but 
they they got a hole. They got a big hole up front, and he's going to fill it. Yep, completely agree. Guys, please forgive me too. I think I mixed up some of these uh, signings and departures, so you're going to play about, play those by ear. Yeah, but it's I mean, the thing with Carter is obviously the mental side of things. He's had a really rough post national championship run here. He obviously was involved in the fatal accident that claimed the lives of a Georgia staffer and football player. He was racing them to go on well over 100 on a really dangerous uh, section of road there. And then he uh, he didn't have – he had a bad pro day, just like objectively bad. He looked gassed. He looked out of shape, didn't look on. Um, and it could be enough for him to fall in the real-life draft. I don't think it's going to be. I think the talent is just there, and like one bad pro day is not going to, to tank a guy, nor should it. Like if you're basing if you're basing your opinion on a player off of one data point, you are not making a good evaluation. So I, Car- I mean, Carter is just a game wrecker. Like that's what he is. He's going to just absolutely feast, and he's going to be a very good run stopper for the Seahawks. I like how you cited my Mitch Trubisky rule. <laughs> oh, yeah, we we we've, we've had that argument <laughs> over the past few years, and uh, I, I I'm ready to concede defeat on that one. I. I, I misevaluated. That Bucks game was just an uh, an outlier. But Jalen Carter, like he he is the real deal, and you saw him all over the course of the season against a lot of these linemen that are going to be drafted this year. Like he ate him up, and he's going to continue to do that at the NFL level. He's got the size for it. He's got he's got adequate enough pass rushing moves to be a pass rushing threat from the interior, and he's just going to be an absolute monster of a run stopper. So I, I love that pick. Yeah, I mean, I think we said it last week. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They just need to sign a solid defender or draft a solid defender or somebody that can mess things up. And, I mean, honestly, that Russell Wilson trade, they couldn't have panned out any better than they did. Oh, my God. Just an absolute windfall getting the fifth overall pick out of trading Russell Wilson. Yeah. Can't, can't believe that ended up going that well for him. But, yeah, any, any uh, disagreement on Jalen Carter here? No, no. Um, he's the second best player in the draft for my money. Yeah. I if Anthony Richardson is there, I would not necessarily be surprised that the Seahawks would take him. Right. That's it's tough, but they they realistically only have Geno on a one year deal. They can move on from him very quickly. So if they want to draft Richardson and then move on after one year, if they feel like Richardson's developed enough, I could see them doing that. But if, if the board goes like this, uh, Carter has got to be the pick there. Yep. So with that, Ben, we're going back to you representing the Detroit Lions. First of two Detroit Lions picks. So at six overall, you are on the clock. Okay. Uh, Detroit, honestly, pretty pretty solid across the board. Had a good free agency. Um, but where they really need help, even though I addressed it with uh, signing Cam Sutton, is at cornerback. And – I'm really having trouble just deciding which one they want to take, but it seems lately everything's just moving towards uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Seems to be a total ball hawk. Um, past deflections across the board. They've really been missing that ever since Darius Slay left town. Uh, personally, I like Christian Gonzalez more, but I think uh, Witherspoon is where they're going to probably end up going. So, yeah, Witherspoon. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, Witherspoon is, in my opinion, the top – in terms of upside, he's the best corner in the draft this year. 
he is a really good fit for what Detroit does on defense there. So not not surprised to see you take that. If Carter was still there, I assume you would have taken him. Yeah, if Carter was there, because, I mean, they filled everything uh, with Aiden Hutchinson last year, who I was wrong about. Um, they kind of need some help at linebacker, but, I mean, they're, they're not going to take a inside linebacker this side. So it's yeah. it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. get some help in the secondary. Yeah, it's just tough because the thing that the thing that knocked Detroit out of the playoffs was the Panthers game where they got run on for like 300 fucking yards. And so if Carter's available, like you've got to be able to fill that spot there. But uh, corner, they, they did a lot to bring in some talent there. Uh, they also signed uh, CJ Gardner Johnson to play corner. Um, but I, I think Devin Witherspoon would be probably be the best corner in the room once he got there. Um, Cameron Sutton's pretty good. I, I will say that. He, he is pretty good. Um, yeah, it, it would be him or it would be Witherspoon there. So yeah. good pick there. And then that brings it to number seven, which is going to be me. And I actually had Devin Witherspoon as the my uh, option one here. So uh, going to pivot to option two, and I'm going to address the offensive line. Going to go OT1, Paris Johnson Jr. from the Ohio State University. Uh this is the guy that I hope the Bears draft in real life. Please, God, let him fall. Um, I mean, the dude is just built like central casting for an offensive tackle. And he has a year of experience playing it, uh, has shown that he's able to move from side to side in terms of going from right guard to left tackle. If you want to play him at right tackle, you it's going to be an adjustment, but I think he's got the, the makeup to be able to do it. Um, He's not without flaw. I mean, his technique does need some refining. Uh, he he has a tendency to get beaten. He has a tendency to play a little high sometimes. But if you've got a good offensive line coach that can get that out of him, you're going to have a, a franchise left tackle without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. He's uh, we, we, we talked about it. I think he's the prototypical left tackle, someone you can just fill in there for years and years and years to come. Yeah. And – uh, Raiders are another team that have a lot of holes, especially on defense. And there, there were some other players that I had as options there, but I think if you have the chance to lock up a franchise left tackle, I mean, especially with coming in a quarterback that is not the most mobile in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, having someone that is able to at least protect his blind side is going to be important there. Yeah, but that guy gets hurt. You know that from experience. He gets hurt. <laughs> yep. So I, I, I think – I think he would be a good fit in pretty much any offense. Um, it remains to be seen how, how much of a scheme fit he's going to be, but I know McDaniels doesn't necessarily run a you know like a zone style offense or anything like that, or where you might have some guys that end up being more of a scheme fit. Um, if you had to put Johnson into a scheme, it'd probably be a zone a zone scheme. But he he is going to be able to play. He's scheme proof, in my opinion. Yeah, he's one of the offensive tackles that when you watch on Saturday, he really stood out like, yeah, that guy's a pro. Yeah, yeah, really great player. Uh, I will not be surprised at all to see him uh, get a couple of Pro Bowls. Please, please, in real life, get a couple of Pro Bowls for the Bears. I mean, if he falls to the, um, he falls to the Bears, that's that's pretty good draft luck because he yeah, should I would, be theoretically the third or fourth person off the board. Yeah, in terms of talent, he's definitely I, – I would argue that he's like a top top six talent. So yeah. if, he's, if he's able to fall to nine, that would be – Awesome, but that's that's my pick for the Raiders. There, uh, it addresses a huge need, a huge hole in their line that I I just think that they need to address at some point. I like to pick. 
Yeah, it's a good pick. Any 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 alternative options that you guys would have potentially picked there? I mean, they could potentially look at going corner there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cor- uh, or quarterback. But yeah. they just signed Jimmy, so it's just. I wouldn't be well, surprised well, if the Raiders traded up, honestly, either. Like we before we started, we talked about the Raiders even trading up with the Cardinals. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that happen. So they. What, it's, it's, uh, it's, what did Jimmy get? Three years. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean they've got a they've got a solid offense. They got a good line. They got weapons everywhere. So who's playing tight end for that now? Uh, oh yeah, Wallace gone. Yeah. Oh Hooper, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they got they got the bones of a good offense there, and I think just having a franchise left tackle there is going to be just something that helps solidify that even more. And you need a good offense in the AFC West. Yeah. The uh, the rugs incident really put them behind the eight ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's, man, yeah, really in a situation there, but you can't predict that too. That's the thing. Like, how yeah. you can't hold them responsible for making that pick because, like, that is such a freak thing that, yeah, you had no control over it. Like, it is, you know, it's unfortunate. Coming you know, from you, a program like Alabama, like, I'm sure Saban spoke highly of him. Yeah, you would I, think I would have to imagine for them to take him that high. Like, if I think if he was a character issue, I, don't, I think he would have fallen. But it's the know. <laughs> if he had a character issue, like you just turn in the game tape, then it's like, what character issue? You see how yeah. fast he runs? <laughs> it's like the Chappelle's uh, uh, OJ skit. That murderer <laughs> ran for 10,000 yards. <laughs> Listen, no one wants to have an honest running back conversation anymore because of OJ. But I'm here to tell you, kids, <laughs> I wasn't alive when OJ was um, running around in his prime, but I watched YouTube clips. <laughs> and that, the, that guy could play in any era. Yeah. So good as a running back, and then the juice had to allegedly kill somebody. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> so Dukes, that brings you to the Dirty Birds at eight. Oh, this is a tough pick. Um, you got two quarterbacks on the board right now. I know. Are they going to ride Ritter for a whole season? For real? Are they doing this? I think they're going to do it. So here's where I'm going to go. I want to take Gonzalez, but I'm going to go. With best player available, and I'm gonna take Bijan Robinson here. Okay, Bijan at number eight is a Falcon. All right, talk to me a little bit about Bijan. Best running back in the draft, probably the best running back to come in the draft since Saquon. I'm guessing. Uh, the the Falcons are in a tough spot because like you can either double down and take another quarterback, which I don't think they're just gonna to try to ride Ritter to see what's there. Or you probably should take a cornerback. That's the one thing I was trying to say. Well, maybe they take a cornerback. But when you look at if you just, you're a bad team, you're trying to get better. You just need blue chip players. So just take the best player available. Yeah, I agree. He's he is a top five talent in this draft. Um, it mm-hmm. just sucks because running back value is just not. There. Yeah, it's it's the position that is arguably the easiest to get replaced production wise. That and maybe guard. Um, he's. It's hard yeah, to argue. It's, it's, it's the error thing. Like, you know, he was a man born 10 years or 15 years too late. But when you're – it's a bad draft, so why reach on a player with, uh, you know, don't know the floor? When you know what Robinson's floor likely is, is that he's probably going to be a top five running back yeah. for at least four or five years until he gets hurt or, you know, father time catches up with him. And he's a versatile weapon too. So, I mean, if you are serious about giving Desmond Ritter a chance – like having a running back that can be an every down guy that can be a good pass catcher and 
adequate enough run blocker or pass blocker. Like that, that's a good thing for a young quarterback to have. Yeah, and you get to throw him in there with uh, Ritter, whatever we may say about him. And yeah, you got Pitts there who should be featured more this coming season, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely the starter at this point. So, um, yeah, no, I like the pick. I, I think I am generally against taking a running back in like the top two thirds of the first round. But if you've got a young quarterback, like I, I can pretty easily be talked into taking Bijan there. Yeah, I've been beaten into submission on a stance because it's like the you just it's so easy to replace the the production. But when you have a bunch of guys who are just kind of like on the same level talent wise, and you got one guy who probably stands above them, just take the best guy, and then you yeah. the nerds are about argue about the value all they want, but ultimately like just give me good football players. Yep, that was a, such a talking head thing to say. My God, the the one the one <laughs> thing I'll call out is, and you you said it with Saquon. Being the being the best in Saquon, we we saw it. The Giants had a terrible offensive line, mm-hmm. and it almost doesn't matter how good Saquon is. Like it almost yeah. if he gets if he gets hurt or not, it almost doesn't matter. Like he can't he can't you, you can't win a game with a guy with your your most talented guy being a running back, or at least you can't be a winning team if your most talented guy is your running back and you don't have anything yeah. else. Yeah, not, it's in today, not in today's league. So that's my only has like I agree he's the best guy there. I believe I agree he's the best running back in the draft. But like I don't know that they're a team that having him all of a sudden makes them a contender. No, absolutely not. I'm just I'm just weighing options. Like, do I take best yeah, player available? I, I'm with you. Or do I just take a guy like I I'm lukewarm about? So if I'm between that, I'd rather take the guy who I know I'm not gonna mess with than some guy like uh I like Christian Gonzalez, but I don't think he's going to be like yeah. a lockdown corner. Yeah, and if Arthur Smith is realistic about what the Falcons are going to be next year, he knows they're not going to be a contender. And no, no, none of the players that are left on the board or who are going to be left on the board are going to change that. So, and realistically, you probably know Ritter's probably not the guy. You probably just like, you know, rolling it as he hopefully get Caleb Williams next year. Yeah. To just, just build up the, the inventory around the quarterback as best you can. And then when next you get- yeah, next year's quarterback yeah. class is kind of nuts. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I would just take just take good guys. It's, and it's easy to do that when you have some semblance of job security. Everyone kind of knows the expectations. Of- yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Um, so just 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 real quick, like, um, local radio-wise, like, this has become the most popular pick. Like, yeah. and they do have a great offensive line, and they got a couple weapons with it. Um, so I, I mean, I, it makes sense. Yeah, the Falcons' offense is honestly not that bad in terms of personnel. Like they've got a decent offensive line. They've got Drake London and Kyle Pitts out there. Um, you beat the Niners last year. I was in attendance for that. Were you real? Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it would be a good addition there. Uh, then really, the argument comes down to is do you want to make your defense better, which was was an issue for the Falcons last year, or do you want to grab best player available and? can't really fault a guy for picking best player available because you're not in range to get a quarterback, which you probably need. At least you're not in range to get one that's going to be an, an immediate upgrade over River over Ritter. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe Stroud. That makes it a little tough. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like what I was weighing. Like, if you – I understand, like, there's real-life consequences. you got to have a quarterback to succeed. But if you're just going to waste a pick on a – Quarterback, you're not sure about why did I just get the best guy available and yeah, 
keep moving forward. I hear like that. Gettleman ultimately has been proven right through everything because like DJ got a second contract, which we didn't expect, and Saquon likely is to get a second contract. So Gettleman was right. If it, yeah, yeah, I mean, if a player gets a second contract on your team, then it's hard to say that it was a missed pick. Yeah, you could argue the value, but all I mean, like the pick was right. Right. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. And o- overall, overall on defense, they did take some shots. Like they traded for um, Jeff Okuda. I mean, who was like a top five cornerback pick, whatever, three years ago. I can't believe he got traded for what he got traded for. Yeah. Like, uh, that guy, I was, I was yeah. really high on coming out of college. Yeah, me I, too. I was surprised by the low value there that they, the Lions got. I thought I read it wrong when it, when the trade went. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got to be more, right? Yeah. So, all right. Well, Bijan is a Falcon, and that brings us to Charlie, who is in control of the Chicago Bears. So, Charlie, you're on the clock. Yeah, I was hoping that uh, Paris Johnson would fall here, like Till is in real life. But yep. uh, I'll go. I'll go with my with my next guy, Darnell Wright. Um, staying with offensive tackle. Uh, they they need one. They yeah. simply need one. Um, are there better players available that also fill needs on their team? Yeah, certainly there are, but not as big of a need as that. Uh, so that was a; those were the only two guys I had in that in that spot, prepped, ready to go. Yeah, it's it's a guy that I'm also going to be pretty happy they end up taking. Yeah, uh, Bennett and I we kind of talked about this last week with Darnell, right? Like you're you're projecting a lot on upside with this, but. Um, if the Bears are comfortable with Braxton Jones at left tackle, which I think they might be, he for a fifth round pick, he was the best fifth. He was the best rookie tackle of the class last year. Like he he was a good tackle. Um, if you really think you got something with him, and you can draft a guy that can be on the other side of the line there, and just kind of bookend that line that they have, mm-hmm. they have taken some steps to improve the interior. Uh, they still need a center, but I think their guard. You could make an argument that if they get a guy. At tackle in the draft, whether that be, you know, drafting a guy to play left tackle and kicking Braxton over to the right, or just drafting a right tackle outright, then you've upgraded the line significantly in this offseason. So, uh, I, I like that Darnell Wright pick. I could see him taking um, the Northwestern guy, uh, Skaronsky. So yeah, Skaronsky, but I don't know that he's a tackle long term. No, he in in my yeah. opinion, and you know, we're all just meatballs here, but he. Yeah, the arm like if his arms were like two inches longer, alligator arms, man. He'd he'd be a top five pick. Like the dude's got the technique, the dude's got the play strength. He he's a smart, obviously Northwestern smart kid. It's just those arms when you're playing against NFL caliber players, that all those edge rushers are going to have long arms. And if you're able to let if those guys are able to get their arms in you and to kind of get you off of your base, you're not going to succeed. And like he he could very much be like an all pro at guard. Mm-hmm. Like we, when better than I kind of talked about this, I, I did the cop to Zach Martin, who he played, he played tackle at Notre Dame was very good, but he, his arms and just his, his measurables in general, were not really up to stuff for an NFL tackle. So they kick him inside the guard in Dallas and he's been, he's going to be a hall of famer. Like it's, he's going to be very good, but I don't think it's a good value pick for the bears in that position. So I, I'm with you there on not taking Skaronsky. Darnell, yep. he Darnell's got to adjust his technique, but the dude's got a main streak. He's a road grader. Like he's going to be, he's going to be great in the run first offense that the Bears have. Hopefully, less run first this year. But, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good pick for right tackle. Were there any other uh, – was Darnell Wright the only other guy at the position for nine there, Charlie, or did you have other – yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was going line. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I guess in theory, like you could address some of the holes in the defense. Uh, yeah. Nolan Smith's probably in, is uh, feels too high for him, but uh, a, a good edge who's still available. I didn't know where to put Nolan Smith in this. Honestly, I have no I, idea. I do not know where to. The Iowa is. guy, I think people like too. I just don't. Uh, is, uh, anybody who played for Iowa, I'm very skeptical of. Yeah. Unless they're a tight end for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like Darnell right there. And that is going to move us to the last pick in the top 10. And Bennett, you are in control of the Philadelphia Eagles. Where do they get this first round pick from? This 10th overall pick from? They got Whoa. it from the Saints. But what was that for? Yeah. Oh, um, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Googling. Yeah, that's going to be the, the way to do it, too. But yeah, they. It's, Another windfall for them. I mean, this was the team that was the runner-up in the league last year, and they have a top ten pick. A pretty complete roster. Uh, one, it's not without holes, but I think, especially in like this top half of the draft, it is without a doubt the best roster. They got it in the AJ Brown trade somehow. The Saints had the uh, Titans pick somehow. Like I don't know how that worked out, but okay. that's where it came from. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, overall record-setting defense. Stacked across the board. Um, they addressed some holes there. You you got two great wide receivers, and I, I'm finally going to take one off the board. I'm, I'm going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, somebody that can play in the slot, get open. You'll have uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith on the outside. and I, They're going to be a wagon again. They're going to have to find a running back later on. But uh, this is the other team I've seen a lot of Bijan for. Just something they can add in with the, uh, the loss of Miles Sanders. But I don't see them slowing down anytime soon with the team they have. <clears throat> Unfortunately, no, I agree. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. He had just an absolutely transcendent year last year from what he had been the last year. He'd been steadily improving each year of his career. Uh, getting AJ Brown was obviously a huge windfall, and you're putting another weapon in his hands. And in that offense, like Jackson Smith and Jigba could be an absolute killer. Yep. His one, his one knock is that like. He is probably going to be a slot only guy. He played eighty over eighty percent of his snaps in the slot in college. So you have all of these wide receivers pretty much are smaller, and you have durability concerns there. But I mean, Devonte Smith also had durability concerns, and he's a monster for them too. So I, I think Smith and Jigbo would be a scary good addition there for that offense. Who even is their wide receiver three right now? I, I don't even know who their third guy would would be. Is he Quez Walker? Or am I... yeah, it might be Quez, actually. Yeah, but uh, I mean... Is and... who just came over from the Falcons? Oh, is case. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Smith and Jigba is an upgrade. Like, the, that's a three-headed monster that you're putting out there for Jalen Hurts to throw to, and with that RPO scheme, like, when he's able to get on the ground and that offense, like, that offense is going to be just, like you said, been in a fucking wagon. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was thinking the Eagles may go D line because they had D line issues last year, mainly because uh, Cox seemed to slip a little bit and their edge rush wasn't as strong as in past years. But I could also see JSN as being a guy to pick if he's like your best player available. Yeah, they definitely uh, they tried to rotate a, have a deep rotation there on the D line, and 
didn't necessarily, they got a lot of production out of it, but I think a lot of that kind of masks some issues that they did. Have. Yeah. Like, what did it sign Sue later in the season? Traded for Robert Quinn. Yeah. Traded for Robert Quinn. Right. Who did nothing yeah, for I'm, them. I'm, um, I'm anticipating Jordan Davis probably takes a step forward in his second year. Love that guy. But yeah. they, they had, um, they had 70 sacks last year. Yeah. They, they had a lot of sacks. Yeah. But I mean, you, I, you I, saw I, in the Super Bowl, if, if they can't sack anybody, they, they've really got some problems. Yeah, you could yeah, run. I, I was, yeah, I was kind of down to this or um, Christian Gonzalez, but I figured yeah. they'll just roll with it. Offense is king right now. If you're able to put another weapon out there for an offense that was already pretty damn high powered, then I think you got to do that. Yep. All right, I like the pick there. And Smith and Jigba is off of the board. Checking my notes here: Is Will Levin off the board? Will Levin no. is not off the board. board Neither is okay. Stroud. Yeah, okay. or I was, I was like, make sure I'm not crazy here. <laughs> Man, this this makes it tough for me because with CJ Stroud sitting there, doesn't have, really have a lot to throw to, a lot of weapons. You got Derrick Henry who's aging. I'd initially wanted to go O line here, but if hold on, if they cut Tannehill soon, they save like twenty five million dollars in cap. Yeah, yeah, I think so, you're making this too hard, Taylor. I gotta go yeah. Stroud. I think they might trade up for him. Yeah, and, and, and that's part of the reason, too, because I heard that there were some rumors that the Titans were looking to trade up. So, yeah, I'm going to take C.J. Stroud, quarterback, the Ohio State University. I mean, this dude, I in terms of floor, this dude is QB2. Uh, I think he's definitely got a higher floor than either Levis or Richardson. Um, definitely a safer pick. He's obviously had his issues in the past, <laughs> honestly, just the past week with uh, the reports about his S2 score being in the 18th percentile. And he had a not great quote either today or yesterday that came out where he was a little, you know, protested a little too much and kind of gave some credence to the leaks being real. Um, so it, it is an issue that if you're looking at that S2 test, it uh, basically helps kind of assess a quarterback's ability to react quickly and process information quickly being thrown at it, which as a quarterback is very important. You know, this isn't a wonder look type thing where they're giving you trivia questions that you got to answer quickly. Like this is this is a more realistic, at least from what it sounds like, assessment of what a quarterback should be able to do on a field. And it's a risk at this point, especially if those results are true. Obviously, one thing should not be the end-all, be-all assessment there. But, I mean, the dude was the most accurate quarterback in college football last year. His ball placement and touch on the football is unreal. Uh, he showed in that semifinal game against Georgia that he is able to create off schedule and he's able to use his legs to move the ball down the field. That was a huge knock on him for most of the season. He just was flat out bad at it. But if you're looking for upside, you're looking at what he did to what is basically an NFL roster on defense. Uh, and he was just able to carve him up. So I, I think the upside is, is not necessarily as high as like Richardson or even young necessarily, but uh, I think you've got a pretty high floor there for what you're drafting there, especially if you get him falling all the way down to 11 for Tennessee. I'll hang up. They just need a lot of help everywhere else. Yeah, that's a roster with a lot of holes. And uh, missing on – was that Isaiah Wilson last year? Yeah. The dude that got drafted in the first round didn't even make it. Like, yeah. So that kind of put them behind the eight ball there. They, uh, they've got a lot of work they got to do. And you could even argue for them taking a wide receiver in this position 
if you're not going to go O line. But yeah, with Stroud falling that far, I got to take him. Yep. Yeah. Um. Luckily, Traylon Burks did look good when he did play, so they do have a uh, a wide receiver weapon. But um, it, it's really scary. And also, your uh, your boy Brady Quinn was dragging him through the mud today on the Manning passing camp stuff. How he uh, said he was going to go, and then he canceled the last minute. He's been doing that forever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it sounds like he gets Yeah, it sounds like if he was actually planning on going to that, he had given them plenty of heads up before saying he wasn't able to make it. And he was like at Ohio State, like for their pro day or some shit like that. So yeah, it's I think the S2 testing is the thing that's really kind of giving some teams pause at this point. And it's that just the way that he responded to that just made it feel like there there might be some truth to to the leaks there. It was ba- yeah. it was basically we didn't come here to play school. And uh when you're looking to be a quarterback in the NFL, that's probably not the best answer. Yeah, that's a better way to say that. Yeah. But CJ Stroud's a Titan. They didn't have to trade up for him. So we are going to go to pick 12, the Houston Texans. Their second pick in the first round. A deuce. That is you, my man. Yeah, I've been kind of hemming and hawing on what the Texans should do here. <laughs> um I'm going to go quarterback run. So with the 12th pick from the University of Kentucky, the, te- the Texans select Will Levis. Okay. Will Levis coming out in um, the top half of the first um, round. So talk us through it. Most, yeah. So I, I admit I am more Levis guy than most people. I'm not like pounding the table to draft him, but I like what I saw for the most part. Pause the, the concerns I saw from the games to watch. Made a lot of throws. He missed a lot of easy throws with some apparent reason I can never understand why he would miss so many easy throws. But when he had to make difficult throws, I didn't think there was anyone better outside of maybe probably young um the past two seasons, particularly not this past season, but seasons before where because I think Kentucky was like in the top ten. Uh and but like he, you know, big guy, ideal size. For some reason he's raw mayonnaise. I don't understand that either. But maybe that is a testament to his fortitude and his pocket awareness that he won't he'll stay in there and take the big hits. That he can, the mayonnaise gives some sort of superpower. I don't know, but yeah, he, he like the Texans need a quarterback. Coffee, right? Is that what he did? Was he he like mixed it with his coffee not. or some shit? Like yeah, that? Yeah, it makes he, me he nauseous. Uses, he uses it like a creamer. Oh my god, it's like some weird fucked up version of keto okay. where they do the butter coffee. Yeah, Are you still making I, this I pick? <laughs> yeah, I'm still making a pick. I'm not talking being talked off. Texans get a quarterback. Will love us, Kentucky. Okay, yeah, and I I do think they need to assess the quarterback position. Like you, if you are being selling yourself as a serious team, you are not going to trot Davis Mills out there again. Like, you can't. He was not good. He had a couple of games where he flashed something here and there, but, like, you, the dude's got a longer neck than Mike Glennon, and he... That's just, saying something. It's it's a high bar, mostly because of Mike Glennon's neck is so long. Um, but they How have does a guy to- like that buy turtlenecks? I know it's like a random side. Like, like is it like custom turtlenecks for guys like that? It's got to be custom. It's basically just a crew neck for him. <laughs> yeah, but they 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 do have to address the quarterback position. Um, I, I think they would just be dishonest with their fans if they tried to say that Davis Mills was the guy this year. Would you have taken Stroud over Levis if if he was available? No. Okay. And that's without all the posts. Yeah, at the end of the season, my quarterbacks were in disorder, um, based on like them playing was young. Levis, Stroud, then Richardson. Okay. 
Anywhere else you were potentially looking uh, outside of the quarterback position here? I thought they might. I think they might have considered going offensive line there. Okay. Um, but or trading out of it. Like X twelve might yeah. be a good trade spot for him too. But I figure like at some point you got to get a quarterback, and you know since Lovey screwed him, they got to <laughs> try to make up for it somewhere. Lovey's just the man. That was. I don't know if you guys watched that game. I did. I loved I, it. I love the pettiness of it all. Just some absolute sicko shit on that fourth quarter drive. And I, I but, wish it was like filming the owner's like GM box when he was going like, what's the ball? What's the ball? <laughs> yeah, it's and the, the two-point conversion in the fourth and long, like just absolutely nuts. But oh. all right, that brings us to Charlie, who is representing the Green Bay Packers. So you are on the clock. I was on mute. The Green Bay Packers. Uh I had a couple things I wanted to do here. I had a, I, I have who I would take were I the Packers. And then I have who I actually think the Packers would take here. I'm going to go with who I think the Packers would take here. And that's Quentin Johnston at a TCU, uh, who is a, a beast, like a, a real, a real receiver threat that they very much need. If they're going to be trotting out a good old Bryce love this year. Or Jordan Love. Why did I say Bryce Love? Uh, was he running back from Stanford? Yeah, Bryce Love's running back. I don't know why it makes My guy, Bryce Love. I don't know why it makes those two up. Um, <laughs> but that's a that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. Who I think they should take, and uh, you guys can argue this too. I think they should take Kincaid, the uh, tight end from Utah. I think they should trade back and take him. I think I think quarterbacks who are not good need good tight ends who can catch the ball much more than they need receivers who can catch the ball 30 yards downfield. Like he's not going to be pushing the ball 30 yards downfield. He's just not. Yeah. Um, I know you, what you want me to say, take mayor as tight end one. Like <laughs> what's, 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 what's your hold up there? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let my bias show here a little bit. I do. I think mayor is the better tight end prospect than King Kate is. That's um, fair. And it depends on what you're going to do with him too. Yeah. Like, Mayor is more of the move tight end, like your Kelsey type, and Mayor or does say Mayor at first? I meant Kincaid. Yeah, uh, Mayor is more of the inline wide tight end, kind of like your. I'm not not trying to say they're the same player, but like Gronk or you know yes. Jason Witten type guy. Honestly, Jason Witten is the guy. That's that a great Gronk comp. Makes me think of more, but you know, tight end wouldn't hurt. It's just been weird because Aaron Rodgers does not utilize the tight ends, right? But so, it's not him anymore. Exactly. So, like, I don't know what that's going to look like now. And with a young guy, you want a tight end that is able to catch the ball. So, yeah, I, I get that. So, uh, for for the purpose of this mock, are you going with Johnston or are you? I'm going, going with Johnston. Johnston. I'm okay. going with Johnston. Um, yeah. And I just, I mean, I I love the guy. I love watching him play. Uh, I don't know. He he clocked in the four fours somewhere at pro day, which mm-hmm. was you know puts him here at lock at wide receiver two for me. Yeah, he's good. Like he, yeah. He's a home run threat. Like he, he is one of the few actual big receivers in terms of like he's. I want to say he measures in at six two. Yeah, six two two oh eight. Like he, he has the size that you would want for a perimeter receiver. Yeah. So that's definitely something that you can look at there. Um, not obviously none of these receivers really have like a flawless game. Like there's things that he can work on, obviously. Um, 
he does have somewhat of a Chase Claypool issue where he plays smaller than his size. And as someone who is currently dealing with that situation in Chase Claypool, it can get frustrating um, when you have a big body receiver who just does not play like one. And if he can kind of overcome that, then I think he could be a very, very good receiver in the NFL. Um, he's got the size and speed for it. He's just got to work on his – he's got to work on route running. Um, he didn't run the most complex route tree in college, but uh, if you can actually coach him up on that, he, he is coachable. He's only 21. He'll pro- I think he'll be 22 by the time the season starts, but for that's still very young. Uh, you should be able to develop that. And if you can, then you're going to have a star. They, they need a lot of help at wide receiver too. I mean, they, yes. just, lost, yes. uh, they just lost Lazard to the Jets. I don't know if he went with Rodgers or just signed over there, but I mean, like, yeah, they're they're struggling right now pretty much everywhere. They also deprioritized receiver for, like, the last five years of Aaron Rodgers' career. Yeah. It is going to be so fucking funny if they draft a wide receiver in the first rounds the year after Rod- right after Rodgers leaves. The pettiness is like this be. is this is one of those ones. If if Jackson Smith and Jigba is there, like I wouldn't doubt it. If they do, oh easily do it, yeah, yeah. Smith and Jigba's there at third or yeah thirteen now. Then they they've got to pull the trigger on that. This is when the draft yeah, no. kind of falls off of a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the most got a lot more questions now. The, the fun starts draft in ages. Yeah, this is where it's kind of weird and fun. Honestly, after. I'll say after pick two, it's just a massive fun crapshoot on what's actually going to happen here because you don't know what's going to happen with trades. You don't know what teams are actually prioritizing. You know, for like Jalen Carter, for example, how seriously teams are taking character concerns. Like, I don't have a good read on what's going to happen outside of one and two at this point, and even two, I'm questioning. I was about to yeah, say I don't have one. a much at all, and it's I wouldn't nuts. be shocked if one went different than I we all expect. They just go Richardson one one overall because he's got more upside. Oh yeah, or yeah, like I, I mean, I don't see him. Like if I, I won't bet that, but it wouldn't. I wouldn't be blown away if they did it. If they did it, if they draft, if they draft Levis first overall, that would be incredible. That would blow me away. Wild. <laughs> Houston, uh, I mean, Houston would probably then go Bryce Young, and then yeah, I'm on FanDuel, and it's Bryce Young. Minus thirty five hundred, and then Will Levis plus a th- plus a thousand, CJ Stroud plus twenty six hundred. Let's all put a dollar on Levis. Yeah. Can't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. For Quentin Johnston, like I said, I think if you're able to coach up some of the uh, the inconsistencies in his game, and if you're able to get him to play like his size, uh, you're going to have a dude that has the size and speed to just be absolute menace on the outside. So, if Green Bay wanted to go that way, I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. With Green Bay being off the board now, we are going to go out east to New England where Bennett has control of the Patriots' first-round future, a team that hasn't been super successful drafting in the first round lately. Um, uh, no, it really doesn't seem that way. Um, Jury's yeah, out on Matt I'm going to go ahead. Say that. Yeah, luckily Zappy was okay when he did have to play. Uh, they got a good running back room. they got some good wide receivers. Uh Jury's out on the tight ends, how they'll pan out. But, like, overall, I, I just think they really need some line help. And Skaronsky really just seems to plug in here. And he'll be able to play wherever they want him to. Uh, they do have some good tackles. So, like, Trent Brown's still there. And 
Uh, Riley's still there. So I'm I'm really thinking they can just plug and play him wherever they need him to. Like we said, he does have dinosaur arms. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But they, they need some some interior offensive line help fairly bad. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they got the rest of the weapons and the defense is still solid. It, it feels like a Belichick pick, honestly. Yeah, it 100% feels like a Belichick pick. I mean, you've seen a lot of mocks with Skaronson going top 10, too. So if they're able to get this kind of – like I said, if his arms were two, inch longer, two inches longer, this dude would be a top five pick. It's – he's got everything on, like, the mental side of it and the strength side of it. It's just his arms are too short to be a good offensive tackle. But if you're able to get a guard like Skaronsky in the middle of the first round, I feel like you're getting pretty good value out of this. Yeah. No, I agree. So – yeah, I mean, we we talked about Skaronski already, so we don't need to get super into that. Any other any other direction you were looking at going? Uh, just one of the other offensive tackles that's available. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, we're gonna go to pick fifteen here with the New York Jets, who I am in control of, and I'm gonna go ahead and take Broderick Jones, University of Georgia, offensive tackle. Uh, the Jets do need O line help, especially with Rodgers coming in and they have a really good receiver room at this point. So, I mean, if you're their defense is obviously in pretty good shape as well, um, at least to the point where, you know, you're not going to have a huge need that you need to reach up this far. So uh, Broderick Jones, um, he is another tackle that's going to need some work on his technique, but is another guy that has very good short area quickness, able to get to the second level really well. Um, he, I mean, he's not quite on the level of Paris Johnson Jr., in my opinion, but I think when you're 6'5", 3'11", like, you've got the size for it, you've got the movement speed for it. It's It makes it an easy pick, especially if you're getting him at 15 here. Yeah, bummed for the Jets and for the football-watching world that Mekhi Becton just cannot be a healthy person at that size because, boy, yeah. was he fun to watch run yeah, games over. But, healthy, yeah, they, they, need, they need line help. They do. And they don't need a ton of help anywhere else, really. That's a good roster, especially now they got defense is good. Yeah, defense is good. This is honestly probably the best receiver room Rodgers has had in a long ass time. Oh, um, probably in like six years, far and away. Oh, more than that. Yeah, right? I'm, I couldn't. I can't remember when Jordy retired, but it was. Had yeah, been Jordy and Cobb were probably the peak of his receiver room. Yeah. And then you had Devontae there too for one year, I think. But yeah, yeah, uh, Jets receiver room is really good. Um, so I, yeah, the trench help is just super necessary. And Broderick Jones, I think, is the best guy still available on the board here. Yeah, no, I like the pick. It's um, we're, we're just going a different route. I, like, I'm surprised he went this late, but <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, with the way the other tackles fell, it just felt like the right way to go. So that's going to be the Jets at 15. And now we are over the half. We're at the halfway point. Dukes, you're in control of the Washington Commanders. I don't know what they're doing in Washington. Um, and it's funny because I'm sort of friends with the GM there. Uh, What's this? Yeah. It's long, like he played football with my uh, wife's uncle at Florida State. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Um, but, 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 they, they didn't pick up a 50 option on. Chase Young today, which surprised yeah, yeah. me. You got a few candidates there at Edge if you really want them. Yeah, they got so many needs. I'm going to go corner here. 
and I'm going, I'm looking at my big board. Give me a manual force out of Mississippi State. Is Gonzalez off the board already? No. No. Okay. I think we mentioned him a couple of times. I don't, I don't think I had him striped. Nope. So he, is not, he is give not Gonzalez struck. Here. Yeah, okay. give me Gonzalez here. My fault. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I was just surprised. I was like, okay, that's. I, I was going to say they were dancing on the streets in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coming up next. No, yeah. Give me Christian Gonzalez here. My bad. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, if, he, if they can get him that way, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That would be a great pick for them. But they can go. Yeah, they, they, good, they have, they're another team that can go a, a couple of spots. Like, they need interior offensive line help. Um, D line is actually pretty good for them. Linebacker's a bit of a issue, but it's not a great linebacker draft. So corner seems like the safest pick in this draft, talent-wise. Yeah, and I don't know what kind of scheme, uh, defensive scheme that Washington runs, but, I mean, Gonzalez was a great man corner this year. So if, if they're able to utilize him, he's going to be – he could be a pro bowler, a constant pro bowler for quite a few years. I like that one a lot, especially for the, for the value that they're getting out of that one. So that is Washington at 16. It's going to be Christian Gonzalez. At 17, Charlie is in control of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, I was uh, interested to see what that pick turned out to be, but I'm gonna I'm gonna end up with the pick that I had all along for the Steelers, the one that I think the Steelers will end up making in real life. They're gonna take Joey Porter Jr., my guy, <laughs> cornerback out of Penn State, legacy recruit to the Steelers organization. Uh, it's just a fit. He's he's that kind of guy who. Pittsburgh wants in their secondary. He's going to be fighting dudes. He's going to be with his hands all day, press right up on the line of scrimmage. He's what they want, and I think he's going to deliver. Yeah. And I'm pumped yeah. to see a Penn State guy in the top half of the first round almost. Yeah, just outside of it. But yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting pick because, I mean, he does have some flags. Literally, he, he got he got a lot of penalties called on him. Uh, he he didn't he just seemed to be entirely uninterested in dealing with like the NCAA refereeing. <laughs> he just wasn't interested. He was like not. He didn't care. He was not there trying to be in that mold of a of a cornerback. He was like, I'm gonna be on guys. I'm I'm using my hands. Nobody's touching the ball. Call a penalty if you want. They did. They did a lot. They did in the yeah. end zone a lot. It sucked. But talent wise. Uh, if they're not going to call, which they don't generally, if they're not going to call things like that in the NFL, I think he'll he'll shine. Yeah, he's got the measurables for it. Like he's he's obviously he's got, got the, the longest leg. arms I've ever seen in person. Yeah. He's got like Kevin Grant arms; they're insane. Yeah, and he had eleven path breakups this past season. Like it's a he had a great season uh, for nobody threw at him. Yeah. Nobody threw at him. He still got eleven pass breakups. So I mean. It's a good pick. Like it's a chalk pick. I think I, I agree that that's probably what Pittsburgh's going to end up doing. Uh, Bennett, you're a Steelers fan, so I'm. Are, are you feeling good about that one? Yeah, it's a pick I've wanted all along. They really need some help at cornerback, and they've been looking at it for years and just can't get the pick yeah. right. Uh, plus, nice to keep it in house in the family. Um, yeah, and he came out today said he'd love to play with Patrick Peterson. So. You can put him on an island. That's that's my thing. It's like especially for them. It's like you can just put him out there and he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you got help over the top of Fitzpatrick, so it, it works out well. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> nice pick there at seventeen. There, Charlie uh, Bennett. You've got your second Detroit Lions pick. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and take the guy, uh, Michael Mayer. Here we go. Uh, 
You know what? Tyler, just take it away. It's, it's all you. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Mayer, we, again, we talked about the difference between him and a guy like Kincaid. He is more of the inline wide tight end. Uh, does not have the measure. He had a bad combine. Uh, I think there's no really getting around that. In my opinion, his game speed is better than what the combine showed. Um, the dude's got insane body control. He's able to make all those contested catches that you want to see out of a tight end, especially one that lives in the middle of the field like Mayer is going to do. Uh, pretty solid run blocker. Uh, his PFF grade on pass blocking this past season was not good. But in his defense, he had an incredibly small sample size of when he was actually pass blocking uh, because Notre Dame's wide receiver room was very young and raw, and Drew Pine was a tight end merchant all year. One of the, arguably the worst power five starter this this past year. Um, just a bad, bad quarterback. So he didn't really have a whole lot of opportunity to pass block this year. Uh, incredibly coachable. He runs a full tight end route, route tree. Uh, going to live off of those sale routes and, see, and living in the seams. Uh, he's going to have – he's a high floor guy. He's a guy that you want to have on your team. It's – and you can again. We can talk about the benefits of how, going for like the the speed, the RAS guy instead of going for the guy that you know has the stuff the, on the other side of it. But in my opinion, Mayer is tight end one this year, and it's I don't think it's particularly close, honestly. I'm with you. No reason to draft uh, buffed up wide receivers. There's there's enough of those guys out there. Get a real tight end. Yeah. Yep. And they don't. They literally don't have a tight end. Like. When I say they don't, they they don't like really. Yeah, who who was their tight end after uh, Hawkinson left? I can't um, remember. James Mitchell. They drafted him a couple years ago. Uh, like it was like a late pick. Like he, he he's just not a tight end one. So yeah, Rock Wright is the guy that shows up as the one on uh, on their depth chart on ESPN. I don't know how accurate that is, but yeah, it, just a bunch of guys. Like it's not starter material. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they got a good line, um, good wideouts. They're gonna have a good running back room. So, honestly, the defense seems like it's gonna be okay too. So, they're Any other they're one there? Uh, cornerback. If there was still one of those guys, I know uh, the Maryland guy, um, Banks, maybe. But yeah, like I said, offense is king right now, and they've got a uh, they filled that in free agency a little bit. Definitely. Dukes, any thoughts on that one? No, that feels about right. That feel actually feels kind of right to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hate it, but I guess it beats him being on the Packers. Yeah. So, yeah still all right. Gonna, nice. Still going to see him twice a year. Yeah, but. I know. But at least he won't be wearing that piss yellow. <laughs> so that's going to bring me to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who their roster is in, it's in a weird spot because they have some guys that are still pretty damn talented on that roster. But it feels like one that has a lot of holes at the same time. Uh, obviously, no answers really at quarterback yet. Uh, Baker Mayfield is probably going to be the guy that's slotted to start unless they're really, really in on Kyle Trask, which they – I mean, who knows? Would maybe you he's be? Good in, what, what was that? No, I so why would you be? Yeah, exactly. Like, I've got no reason to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give either Trask or Mayfield as many weapons as possible. Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Addison wide receiver USC. 
Uh, he is wide receiver 1B to 2, depending on who you ask. Uh, I know I've been at, I think we, you had him ranked higher than Smith and Jigbo when we talked last week. And it's completely fair. Like the dude won a bullet in the cough the year before last. He did balled out in USC's offense too. I just, I'm worried about the size more with him than with Smith and Jigba. Uh, he just, hey, he's around the same size. Like they they both play a similar style of game. I do think Addison has a little more ability to play on the boundary than as a pure slot guy, mm. but we're, we're just going to have to see with him. Uh, I think they both have the te- the ability to be just absolutely deadly wide receivers out of those positions. So uh, just giving another weapon on the interior, at least for whoever the quarterback ends up being is going to be a, a benefit in an offense, happy NFL. Yeah. They, um, they gave Russell Gage the chance to shine alongside Godwin and uh, Evans, and he just really didn't take advantage of it. So, yeah, I get it. I get, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that wide receiver room down the line because uh, you got to wonder if they're going to trade Evans or Godwin. Um, yeah, but anywhere, that's who I've got anywhere else you would have gone? Uh, so I had a couple of D linemen on there. I had a, a couple of tight ends on there who are now both off of the board. But really – the offensive line, who guys who are left, not super high on, at least for a first round pick. Um, it's guys that you would want to maybe try to trade back if you were targeting offensive linemen. So, with that, we are going back to Dukes, who is taking control of the Seattle Seahawks. I'm torn Dukes. on this pick. Um, I can see them going cornerback or maybe even getting like a slot wide receiver to go with Lockett and uh, DK. A lot of those in this draft. Yeah, so I think we go wide receiver here. I'm going to take uh, Zay Flowers, Boston College. All right. Okay, there he goes. Flowers is a fun player. So t- tell me a little bit about what you saw of him, because I know uh, you saw you saw him at least one time going up against clubs. Yeah, I, I watched and seen him out of ACC football, so that's part of it too. But, um, you know, it's a down year for wide receiver. I think Addison is probably the best wide receiver in the draft overall. But I think the close second would be uh, Flowers, particularly if you slot him in as a slot guy because he's um, quick in and out of breaks. Um, he's very fast, can jump. He does a great job getting catching D balls at Boston College, even though they were, their offense is kind of up and down most of the season. And after the catch, he's great. Would give some um, kind of make it easier for Geno and what I first see be Richardson or some other quarterback unless Geno's gone um to be able to throw to someone have run after the catchability biggest issue is yeah. sometimes like you know like, like most college players he's probably not a great route runner but they're not they're not running a lot of high technician routes in college but he does a great job of finding space in open field and he can create after the catch so that's why i think he's a good pick for the seahawks here yeah and yeah. Yeah, seattle had a high-powered offense uh, especially with dk and lockett on the outside like you said you got a lot of room for a slot receiver to do some damage there. So I like that pick. Any other directions you were looking at maybe going there? Um, thought about going corner there to pair with Woolen. Um doing forwards, you know, I drafted him earlier, but drafted him correctly this time before it was at corner. But that was kind of like the only alternative there. Seattle's in a I guess a good spot. Like they may not necessarily have the quarterback of the future, but Gino was pretty good last year. And they were good on the really good on the defensive line. Um linebacker was good, um solid, cornerback was secondary was really good. Um, on the offensive side, running game was solid with Penny and uh, what's my guy Walker? Um, yeah. and the offensive line and wide receiver. So, like, now they're just kind of like trying to 
building the margins of having a good wide receiver room and having somebody in the slot to make it harder to defend DK and uh, block it. Right. Yeah, enough. Good pick there. So that is pick 20. And pick 21 has been forfeited by the Miami Dolphins yeah. for being a bunch of fucking dum-dums. Which brings us to Charlie picking for the Chargers. Yeah, this one's this one's tough. Um, there's a couple ways I think they could go. I think they'd probably like one of those receivers to have fallen here. Uh, but that's not where we are in, in, in the draft. So backup positions for them of need. They need some line help, I think. I think a guy like Nolan Smith could be good here. Uh, hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I'll give him. I'll give him Nolan Smith. I think you know they have pass rushing to at the top end, but you're never going to turn down help, and you're going to have to pay guys, and guys are getting old, and they're going to move on. So I think getting him at this point and starting to get him in that rotation and learning from those guys is going to be very useful for them. Uh, I have to go away for them to go. Another thing I would, my, my backup pick here would be, um, I like banks over uh, Forbes from the secondary side. I think Forbes is too thin for me, but um, I'm going Nolan Smith. Yeah. I mean, there's a worse pair to learn from than Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Right. Yeah, that's if, if you're wanting to mentor a young guy, then that's going to be the way to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good fit there at the edge. He's going to be probably more hand in the, uh, he He can do both, stand up and put his hand in the ground. Um, he, I think it's just tough to peg where this guy's going to go, really. Like, I, yeah. I legitimately don't have a good read on what teams think of Nolan Smith, so it's – kind of just comes down to some guesswork on our part, but I do agree that he's a good fit for what the Chargers want to do there. I will say, I think that if, if all the receivers are gone, they feel like a team that may trade down. Yeah. Cause I yeah. think they, they need, they need a receiver. Yeah. They can't have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen just being hurt yeah. ever with zero backup options. Yeah. I don't see them trading up to like ensure they get one. Like, I think they'd rather drop and get some later guys and build draft capital. But I think they are hoping hard that, you know, one of Flowers or Addison drops to them. Yeah, I agree there. All right, good pick at 21 for the Chargers. And now we're going to go on to Bennett, who is in control of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, we just said his name. Um, like we said about wide receivers, I think Baltimore is desperately looking for one. I know they signed Odell, but who knows how that'll go. Um, but probably not well. Yeah, <laughs> just with the way it's shaken out. Um, I'll go ahead and get Banks off the board here. I'm going to play on the opposite side of Marlon Humphrey. You talk about a team that it just it just feels like every year hits on their first round pick on defense and just builds through like later round picks on offense and they work out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to pick Banks. Plus, he's a local guy, and they're probably all talking about that up there in the Mid Atlantic as it is. So. That, they could use another cornerback on the other side of Marlon Humphrey, so it makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, li I like that pick a lot for them. Um, if there was another option, what would you be looking at? Wide receiver. They, like, they really need a wide receiver. Um, There's just not really any more guys left though, that are first-round yeah, values. And they don't have a um, second-round pick this year either. And oh, yeah, I mean, I, 
Bears have that one. I'll uh, I'll talk about it in the mailbag at the end. But yeah, yeah do they? Not, they should, I think they have a second rounder. They have someone's. No, they don't. I thought they did. No, no, never mind. No. That was that was the Bears with the Roquan trade. Yeah. I feel like the Ravens are looking for wide receivers since they came back in existence. Yeah. Yeah. They don't pick again until 86. Jeez. Maybe you yeah. see a trade up then into the second. Yeah, and get like a, I don't know, a Hyatt or somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah, Hyatt's still out there right now. Yeah. Not for long, but he's still out there. Okay. Foreshadow. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, so – with me being in the control of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, the, all the corner prospects who is arguably their biggest need, just not really feeling what they what we've got available here. So I'm going to throw someone else for Kirk Cousins or whoever the future quarterback is to throw to. Uh, I'm going to take Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee. Oh, Add another weapon, take a little pressure off uh, Justin Jefferson, have someone to account for. Just – Pure burner at this point in, in his career right now. Uh, they did not run a complex offense in Tennessee by any stretch of the imagination. So it is something that he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve in order to become a fully developed wide receiver in the NFL. But the measurables are just – I mean, he ran a 4-4-40 at six foot. Like he, he's going to be a dude that is able to – he can win some jump balls. He he's, His biggest issue is going to be the route running and just his – his tree so uh he's a home run hitter and that's some when you have someone like jefferson who you know is a lot better route runner a lot better technician as a wide receiver having that guy that can at least take the top off the defense is going to do a lot to open up the the game there for hawkinson and justin jefferson so so yeah that's uh that's my pitch for jalen hyatt yeah i, I didn't think i don't see uh i didn't think we'd see hyatt go above hooker here but go above who Hooker. Hooker's what, 24, 25? Yeah, he's old. He's yeah. old, but I think a team's going to take him. So I'm not going to put it on him. Alabama. Yeah. It's it's just tough with the yeah. – I think it's the combo of the age and the ACL tear that has people worried and just them not running a very complex offense. An offense that's been essentially – uh, In the NFL, yeah. I heard the difference between, like, the NFL and the NBA. Like, the NBA, you want, like, a 19, 20-year-old. Whereas the NFL, you just need somebody that's going to be good in their first four years. Like it doesn't matter right. after that, really. So if Hooker can come out and be, I mean, I, I've seen him as high as like sixteen to Washington. Yeah. So I wouldn't be upset if anybody took Hooker, especially in the back half of the first round. Like I think he's a good player. It's just when again when we're talking about value here, like you kind of you're getting into teams that for the most part have their quarterback situation figured out. So do you want to use a first round pick on someone who should make an impact right away? Cause these are all in theory, these are all playoff teams. So you want someone that's going to, you know, move the needle for you. Yeah. But yeah. Hyatt, I mean, like I said, home run threat, uh, just got some stuff to work on on the technician side of things, but he should be able to, if they're able to develop wide receivers the way they have been, it should be a pretty good match. And that is Vikings. So we are going to go to pick 24 Dukes. You're in control of the fate of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, lovely. So my Jags, unofficially, have a lot of uh, needs, particularly on the defensive side. But the most important need is to keep my boy Trevor Lawrence upright. So I'm going to get – I'm going to draft Osiris Torrance from University of Florida here. 
damn it. <laughs> That's a good pick. I, yeah, I mean, the dude's a mauler. They love picking Florida guys too. They do. Yeah, he's a Florida guy. Um, and the guy who's just one of the few guys that you can see on Saturday who just actually just beats the shit out of the person he's going against. Yeah. Great Irish name as well, Osiris. Osiris, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have Irish hair though. No. No, probably not. <laughs> no. No, he does not. <laughs> yeah. No, and it, it depends on depends on where he goes. I think he's got to be a scheme fit there because his his big issue is just climbing to the second level and just making a solid connection there. His hand the hand placement is can be inconsistent at times. Uh, but in terms of like the measurables, in terms of just the mentality that he's got, like he he's absolutely got the mentality and the physicality to play guard in the NFL. Like he the dude's just like you said, just beats the shit out of people. So that, that's a good pick there, I think. They just got to make sure that they are able to coach him up on what he's able to do to get to the second level there. Yeah, like, he, you know, he's prototypical guard because he doesn't, like you say, he doesn't have great necessary hand placement, but, like, he kind of makes up with it with, like, his uh his strength. And, like, he's always, when you see him play, he's always pushing guys, oftentimes pushing guys back, just showing, like, he's got pop once he comes on, once he fires off the ball. Yeah, and... Like it, it's going to be getting to the second level and just working on his pass, his pass blocking technique. Yeah. There, like, going to be the big things he's got to work on. But if he's able to do that, I mean, we're looking at a dude that can consistently be, uh, you know, a, a, an o, an OG one on any NFL team. Yeah. All right, that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we are on to Charlie, who's picking his team, the New York Football Giants. The home, the home. The hometown New York football giants. This is another one that's tough for me because there's like three guys I like here. Um, what I want, what I want to do for them is give them somebody across from Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'd like that person to be uh, Van Ness from Iowa. But I just don't know if that's what I want to, I just don't know if I want to do that or if I want to give them um, uh, Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi State here because, boy, they're going to need some back-end help this year, too. Uh, I think in this scenario, Van Ness is a faller, and I think they jump on him and or probably trade back uh, with with the edge talent that's there. So I'm going to put Van Ness, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa on them. The guy gets to the quarterback. Uh, he gets to the quarterback well. If you're putting him across from Thibodeau, who is a monster, I think he's going to have some seriously nice matchups and and be able to take advantage of it. And they're going to, you know, make up for the lack of quarterback or cornerback depth with some serious pass rushing combos there. And Leonard Williams on the like that's a that's a serious pass rush. Those three guys, yeah, yeah. And Vendez is a good power rusher. Like I mean, that's yep. pretty on brand for. Like he's got long arms, he's got good play strength. He's, you know, able to con- kind of control the edge of the line in terms of run defense. Uh, his big thing is going to be working on his pass rush sequence and just again hands yeah. and feet, like just being able to kind of be more balanced when you're actually attacking the passer. There, if he's able to round his game out, you know, he should be an impact guy for a long time. Uh, it's just a matter of him actually being able to do that. 
and you get you get you get the opportunity to not be the number one guy, right? You, you're the number essentially the number three. Yeah, rush that, that guys yeah, have it, to worry that, that teams have to worry about. That gives you some space to to learn those things, and you know, hey, if you're just getting somebody to look at you for a second, Leonard Williams is getting up the middle. It's yeah. over. Yeah, he he can't be as of right now. He can't be like the the premier guy. He can't be your right your top end guy there. So, yeah, yeah. I like him with that defensive line there. Nice pick. Yeah, guy I don't know anything about. And I don't know, maybe somebody will take him later is um Miles Murphy from Clemson. I feel like I see him oh, on plenty about Miles. <laughs> I know that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask because. I, he seems like why is he not higher up on anybody's draft boards? Like why? What am I missing? Um, is me part is kind of a hodgepodge of reasons. So like, I don't sure how you want. Like someone's gonna pick him eventually. So I'm trying to say my. Um, I'm thinking someone's gonna pick him. He's he's huge and he seems good. He is good. The problem is that like he's an edge rusher and he gets banged up a lot. Okay. And like he's not, he's athletic, but not necessarily top tier athletic. Like he's he's like kind of like a jack of all trades guy. Would be like my expert. Yeah, he at least from the few I didn't watch. You know, didn't definitely didn't watch as many Clemson games as Dukes did. But just from right. what I did mm-hmm. see of Murphy, uh, he just had some issues with almost being over reliant on just the physical side. Which, like you said, he's a freak athletically. Um, yeah, but if you lean too much on that, then it, it again. Yeah. Kind of beat beating a dead horse here, but technique is is huge. If he's able to get that coached up, he should be a solid NFL starter for a long time. It's just he he's more raw in terms of the technique side of things. And yeah, and another I guess another another observation would be that when he if he beats the guy off the snap, then he's great. But if like he has to like actually involve the using technique to get by someone. Not so much, and a lot of times in the run game, he yeah. doesn't control the edge very well. Like if you look like the Notre Dame game, I guess it'd be like like a, a peak observation where like Notre Dame was like we were when they threw the ball, we were happy, but like we they, they started gashing us on the run. It's all because our run team was not good enough in that game at all. But yeah. like yeah. Tyler was watching the game, like I was confident for the most part, and then like what the fuck? They ran for twenty two yards. Yeah, it was like your whole game. I think honestly, I think if that game doesn't happen, or if it goes differently, then Murphy probably is a solid first round pick. Yeah, he's top ten album. But yeah. like the raw it's, stuff, it's he's gonna be fine. It is that he doesn't he doesn't do one thing particularly well. Like he's athletically gifted, um, has decent arm length, but like the run, like the run stuff, like he constantly lost containment. Like him and Reese, yeah. just that was the most frustrating thing about having those guys on the D line last year. Like you'll take him every time, but they weren't. They weren't like the kind of like Cleveland and Farrell type guys where you know they, they were gonna keep the containment. Yeah. 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 So he's got some stuff to work on there. He uh, he's like this guy, this is another guy that's got the measurables and everything like that. Just technique, he is a lot more raw than some of these other pass rushers that are going ahead of him. And he got exposed for it. So that is Yeah, South Carolina game, you guys always for it again too. God damn it. Yeah. And that one was surprising. So we are down to the Dallas Cowboys pick 26, and that's Bennett. Uh, yeah, so they got two pretty big holes they need to address right now. So they did um, trade for Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders, but he's honestly pretty washed. Um, 
So they could go interior D line. I mean, like both their edge rushers are honestly amazing. Uh, but they also just lost Dalton Schultz in free agency, and they they just need somebody to fill that spot. So I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, Dalton Kincaid here, since nobody else has done it yet, right? Yeah. So just just basically a buffed up wide receiver, but uh, Dalton Schultz really excelled in that role, and nobody really saw it coming. And honestly, I think it's just gonna be plug and play. Like he'll be able to split out whenever he needs to. He's not going to play on the line too much and just catch balls in the middle of the field while C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Gallup are just running around on the outside. Yeah, he re- he really shouldn't be playing too much on the line. Like, yeah. he's uh, – I did re- – I don't know how accurate this is. I did read one <clears throat> report that he's down to, like, 220 right now, and that might just be coming yeah. off of the injury and everything like that. So, it's – that would be the big concern with him is that he just doesn't have – um you know, the play strength to be like a good blocking tight end at all. He's pretty much going to be like that move guy. But if you're looking for a move guy, that's going to be the one you want this year. Yeah, there will be some later ones, but I I think that's a solid pick for them this late in the draft. I agree. And this is is just a historically deep tight end class, it feels like. Yeah, I think there's going to be five, six guys drafted on the first three rounds, maybe the first two. Honestly, yeah, I was going to say the first two, honestly. I, I could see at least five. So, yeah. yeah, nice pick there. Next up, we've got the Buffalo Bills at 27, which is going to be me. And uh, this one, this one's going to be a little bit of a reach for me. So I'm looking at some of the guys that I've got on here. Uh, you know, obviously they need some help on the offensive line, especially guys that can run block. Unfortunately, there's really uh, this high – there's really not that many that are good at that. So I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. They had some trouble up front, and I'm going to bolster that with a name that I am almost certainly going to fuck up. Oh, no. So let me see if I can read this right. Adetemawa Adebaware. Adebaware, uh, Northwestern kid. This is a guy who's been kind of a late riser. Uh, teams are right. really liked his combine and just a lot of the measurables there. He's got the build for it. Uh, 6'1", 280 pounds. Uh, he projects more as a three-tech in the NFL. <laughs> Excuse me. And the Bills just really had trouble stopping the run. Um, there's obviously guys like Kalijah Kansi and Brian Brissy available, who Brissy was definitely on my list. But uh, I just think Adebaware from, again, Northwestern didn't watch a ton of them, um, but close enough that I was able to catch a couple games there. He if you can develop him, which I think Buffalo is probably in a position where they can take a guy that can learn behind the defensive line there and still get some meaningful reps in, uh, you're going to be able to hone in on some of the discipline issues that he has. has. You're going to be able to kind of help coach him up on some of the flaws in his game that are definitely there. Um, He's not going to be a guy that sets the edge for you. He's definitely an interior guy. So he, that's something that he's got to work on. Uh, especially if he's going to be, you know, moved around at all. But I think the upside is really high with him. Uh, he has the possibility to be an impact player. So it's 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 definitely kind of a hot take for me. And I'm leaving some guys on board that I think are more talented. But I think just for what Buffalo had issues with last year, uh, on both sides of the ball, it was just a run game. They weren't able to run the ball efficiently outside of Allen scrambling. Like if you take his scrambles out, they were not good. 
running the ball, and then they were just not good stopping the run either, as you know the Bengals game showed. The Bengals were able to kind of run it down their throats. Other teams were able to run it on them. So, yeah, give me a a, a double worry. You got it. Who, who are they running out of running back this year? Is it going to be uh, James Cook? Probably. Yeah. Uh, they they also have Nine Hines, who's going to be like the change pace guy, I think. And he he's honestly been pretty damn good when he's when he gets looks. They've got Damian Harris now too. Yeah. It's I honestly think it's an it's an issue in the trenches with him. Um, I had a couple of guards that I had pegged up to, as well as uh, you know, like guys like Ryan Brissey and Kalijah Cansey, who I, I am surprised Cansey's still available, but his size I think is just kind of an issue. So we'll we'll see what happens here with the the remainder of this draft. But uh, that's gonna bring us to the Cincinnati Bengals, again controlled by Dukes. Speak of the devil. I'm going to take Elijah Cansey right here. All right. I was thinking about going <laughs> running back, the running back Gibbs from Alabama. But I'm going to take Cansey because defensive tech is my favorite position to watch on the football field generally. And this guy was for his size, he was absolutely dominant at Pitt. So the size on the issue, he made it have to be subbed out on run, big rundowns. But I, yeah, I can see him being a three down guy because he just he has he's all effort, and I've never seen him get pushed around at the point of his hat. Despite his size limitations, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Hansi's game. It, it's kind of like the Skaronski thing, where everything else looks good on tape, but it's just the measurables that make you worry. Pitts had some success with undersized defensive tackles in the NFL. Um, yeah, <laughs> obviously that's a really high high bar to hold him up to. But I mean, if you yeah. can even be you know like seventy percent of what Donald is, that would be an awesome player in the NFL. Yeah, ten percent of that, you freaking Warren Sapp or something. Yeah, like that's that's multi Pro Bowls right yeah. there. So uh, that's obviously the player that you would hope that he ends up being. So yeah, I like it. I th- it, the big drawbacks. It's the same thing with Kronosky, just the measurables. Like you're worried that once you get to the NFL level, you're going to have NFL level offensive linemen that are going to be able to kind of get get under you and get you moving. But uh, the techniques there, the efforts there, the, the motors high. So I I think that's going to do a lot for him. All right. So we are moving on to the New Orleans Saints, who, yeah, this must be the pick swap. Yeah, who the hell is this pick swap with? This, that's with the Niners. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. And, Charlie, you are in control of Saints. Yeah, I am in control of Saints here. Um, I, know where I, wanna... <laughs> I know where I want to go here. Uh, there's two guys I'm considering. I want to go D-tackle. Uh, I actually was surprised that Kalijah Kansi fell so far um, in our, our draft today, but he wouldn't be the guy I was going for here anyway. I want a big dude. Um, my question was whether I think Brian Brissy is healthy enough and, and capable enough to be that guy right now, or, or if I need to go with a tough one for me, Maisie Smith, who is a massive, massive man uh, in the middle. And I am leaning towards him uh, over Brissy at this point in the uh, in the draft. But anything you guys could think that would push the other way, or am I seeing it clearly taking, taking Maisie Smith here? Um, my bias is going to come up here. So I guess the, more, the common critique of Brissy is that, you know, he didn't have, like, outstanding college production. But like when you're watching him Saturday in and Saturday out, like he's probably the most disciplined person on the on the Clemson line. Like yeah. it, 
and doing in this like doing his job on the line, which kind of I think hampered his production some. Um, the biggest critique that I think is a valid one for Bressy is that sometimes he gets kind of uh he doesn't he, he his hands aren't great for like a pat was you think because someone's a straight up pass rusher, but everything else on the line he does really well. Like out of of all the guys who this year were like kind of like played up to the standard of a Clemson defense lineman, I would say he would be the one. But I mean, but then I guess, and that's fine because my thing with I mean, New Orleans doesn't need I, they need defensive tackles, period. But they're not like mm -hmm. they've got pass rush. They've got two good pass rushers. They got Jordan. They yep, got, they do. Um, uh, Davenport, Davenport uh, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, like, could slip in. He could slip in the inside. Play on, right. like he's good at pushing the pocket for the inside. He's almost I think he's on three hundred pounds. I'm not sure yeah, on that one. That's but, just, like, that was my news. one thing. Was like Smith is Smith's like six. Five three thirty, like he, he's just a huge, huge guy. Um, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. either one of those guys. I think I'll go with the, Smith. With, yeah, I think the big question mark with Brzees is still going to be the injury stuff, and yeah. like Duke, like Duke says, has to work on his pass rush and everything like that. But if he's able to do that, and if he is healthy, then like the dude's going to be a oh, stud. potential's there. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I like, like he was the number one recruit for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. He is that dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Maisie Smith though. Um, you guys kind of kind of mentioned it already. Not a great pass rusher either. Uh, explosiveness can kind of be an issue with them, but he makes up for it with his size. He uh, he was the one that landed the felony gun charge. So, uh, also some off-field issues, potential character issues there. But this late in the draft, you're getting a good talent. Like, I can't really be mad at taking a guy like this at uh, 29. Yeah. So, Macy Smith off the board. And that brings the second Philadelphia Eagles pick, the runner-up pick, going to Bennett. Yeah, you made it easy for me, Charlie. I'm going to take uh, Brian Brissett here. Um, they need another person on the inside to help out Jordan Davis, or even if Jordan Davis doesn't end up being the guy. Um, he's not too big, but he's got a big motor. And, I mean, I'm sure we all saw those high school highlights of him beating the shit out of people. So, I know it's a lot different, but uh, overall, the work ethic's there. And he's got enough guys on the outside there that I, I think he'll be able to uh, get, some, get some force on the inside and push those guards around. I'll tell you what he fits. He fits pretty well. Well, next to a uh, a dude the size of Jordan Davis, much better than he would in uh, in my situation. So I don't. I don't think that's bad at all. I think he's a good fit there. Yeah, and then the, I mean they've got Reddick, Sweat, and Brandon Graham on as far as edge rushers go. I mean it's they've got a loaded defensive line, and yeah. th they're lucky where they can just pick whatever they really want to right here. Mm -hmm. Especially with having a pick earlier in the in the first round too, like it feels like you can kind of take more of a luxury pick here. But perceives yeah. really good. Like again, if he stays healthy and he if they if anybody's going to be able to develop his pass rush, it's probably going to be the Eagles. Like they they've got a really good D line, so that I mean you got to assume they got a good D line coach. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's good value. If he if he was healthy, he'd probably go top half of the first round, honestly. Yeah, I mean at the beginning of the uh, or at the end of the season, I mean he was top 15 for sure and mm -hmm. it's just kind of fallen off since then yep i like it that brings me to number 31 kansas mr Chiefs. mr irrelevant mm -hmm. i was going to go miles murphy kansas city needs, needs help 
on the edge. Uh, they brought in Charles Amelu, but they, I mean, all of their passers pretty much exists of consists of Frank Clark, who is a, a bad night away from being suspended by the NFL, and then Chris Jones in the interior, who is just absolute monster. But I decided to go a different direction. I am going to go with the Crimson Hide product, Jameer Gibbs, running back. I don't like taking running backs in the first round, but if there is any running back in this draft that fits what Kansas City likes to do with running backs, it is going to be Jameer Gibbs. Dude's a great pass catcher, able to be a subpar pass blocker. Uh, something he probably needs to work on, but um, an explosive player. He's able to be a really nice piece for a Kansas City offense that is already explosive. Um, <clears throat> I know Dane Brugler has him comped as a mix of Alvin Kamara and Calvin Johnson just to you know help manage expectations there. But uh, the dude's just a straight up athlete. Like he he's not built for the you know, up the middle running that like Philadelphia does or that like the Bears, the Steelers, well, you know, he's not built that way. He is built to be more of a Kansas City type running back where his his primary role is going to be catching balls or just being a threat. You can probably line him up in the slot every once in a while. But, uh, you know, it, it's something that you're going to have to kind of keep an eye on him. But like the dude's a first round talent. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to take the risk there. If they want to get a guy who is going to, who is probably going to help them in uh, Miles Murphy. So Jameer Gibbs is my pick. Sorry, I was going back and forth between Murphy and Gibbs there, but uh, yeah, I, I I just think I'm a little little scared of Jameer Gibbs in that offense. Honestly, I think um, this this lines up. This is exactly what they did with Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards right. That's what I was about to say. They took him in the last pick of the first round of the year yeah. after they won the Super Bowl the first time. They did. Yeah. And it was but like I mean, this I, isn't really fair. Like they don't they this isn't this isn't fair. And yeah. then he was really great for a year and now they're gonna get another guy. Like whatever. Yeah. They're going to need some wide receiver help. Um they will. Yeah. They'll it's have just, to find something. It's just one of those things where like I don't know who you would really want to take with this pick. At a wide, as a, yeah, a wide receiver. Like, I mean, Josh Downs is probably the next best guy, and I don't really feel great about him. You got Cedric Tillman. Uh, I, I, I did like Cedric Tillman's game. I'd probably, I would probably take him before I would take Josh Downs. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, no, that's, that's, that's another one I could see them moving down. Like, you know, yeah. if, if if they want to pick up one or two receivers in the second and third, like trade down eight spots, get another pick. Yeah, it's a. It's a deeper draft in the mid rounds with wide receivers. It's not really the high end talent that there has been in the past. So, yeah, give me Jameer Gibbs there. All right. And with that, the first round of our mock draft is completed. We got six more rounds to go. Jesus. No, no, I'm just getting weird. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> Get some coffee. I do. No, a, so I do a. I do a thirty second pick, full seven round draft. I would 100 percent do that. This guys throwing yeah, out names. We are. Uh, yeah, we're, we are definitely not – I'm not built for a full seven-round mock. Um, no. That would just be brutal to try to get through. So we're going to do some mailbag. Going to ha just have a few questions here, uh, only three of them really. So first one, will we see a flurry of trades in the first round? And I'll say for a flurry, what do you want to set the over-under at, like four and a half? Yeah. Four and a, five trades feels like a flurry, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, say we just, I say we see five trades. And uh, yeah. the biggest one, I think so too. The biggest one, I'm yeah, I think we're going to see probably four to five trades. 
given how the draft is kind of weak and it's going to be people who fall and teams eager to move up. Yeah, it's going to be stuff like that. The biggest one I'm concerned or I want to see is if the Ravens can turn Lamar into like a top 10 pick and yeah. trade with one of those teams that's looking for a quarterback. Yeah. I, you got to think that there's, it's trending more towards Lamar playing under the tag this year, but it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I So if we set it at four and a half, what do you think it would be over or under? I'm taking the over. Because I think I think when you get in the 20s, there's like, and even the games, like teams like Baltimore and New England trade down. Right. Yeah. Almost yeah. every single year. And you know you're likely to have a trade at three. So you right. got three trades right there. So now you, now you just need some someone else to take a chance. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, gonna be you guys, I, your, there's gonna be a run on some position. Somebody's gonna want to get in it. Like somebody's oh, gonna yeah. take Smith and, and Jigba and Addison back to back picks, and somebody's gonna trade up right behind them. Like it's just gonna happen. Yeah, but, I'm with you there. I take the over on that too. Next one: Which mocked first round quarterback will be the biggest bust? Mm. Dukes, you first. Oh, I think the rest of us are gonna have the same answer. Stroud. <laughs> yeah. Stroud. Yeah, I'm going Stroud here. Yeah. Are, are the three of us going Levis? Yes. We certainly are. Okay, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm on an island with Levis, huh? Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> would, you, would you said you were higher on Levis than most people? I was like, yeah, you're gonna be higher than Le- on Levis than us too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where, like, when you're comparing him to Richardson, like Richardson at least has the benefit of being what because Richardson's not even 21 yet, and yeah, Levis. I mean, he's. What twenty three? He's almost twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Could you guys consider it Bryce if he just doesn't keep progressing? Yeah, yeah. I think his bust is better, but more so than anything. Like, what's bust? Is he like an average quarterback? Is that bust? I mean, if you're going one one overall, I mean, you can end up being Baker Mayfield. I feel like that's. I would say if you don't get your first round option picked up, then (laughs) in terms of in terms of a rookie contract, that's a bust in my opinion. Yeah, for a quarterback, because all these guys are going to places where they're probably going to end up starting, at least the way we mock them. So if you if you're not able to play yourself into a second contract with that team, then I, I would consider that bust. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So, all right, and then late round wide receiver targets, or just kind of any position targets. So any any guys, it can be from from the schools you guys root for, and late round, I would say probably like day three guys is what we would be talking here i mean i can give you the i can give you the penn state ones um yeah go ahead man the guys i think are actually like gonna be drafted at some point i don't know i don't know where they'll um end up going they won't go high brenton strange um tight end it's more of an h-back but he's a really really good h-back if he gets somebody who's gonna let him be that um yeah it's like six three two fifty that kind of mold, um, mm-hmm. and then Juice Scruggs is our center, um, and he's really good center. He like I think it was like a car accident his freshman year and like broke his back and was out for like a year and a half and then came back and was a starting center for Penn State. He'll get picked up in the later rounds and he'll be a soft if if he gets in if he gets a chance and gets on a team that needs. Somebody there, he'll be a solid center guard for some time in the league. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I was actually going to bring up the center too, and this is going to be my homer pick, uh, Jared Patterson. Um, All American last year. Uh, his big knock is his arm length, which we've you know already talked about how that can be an issue in the NFL. Um, but in terms of you know his hands are great. He has really good hands, uh, good grip. He doesn't really let go of a guy once he's able to get a hold of him. But he's got really good, um, just really good play intuition. Basically, he's able to kind of read the defense pretty well. Um, he did have some experience at guard and center over the past two years, so that's going to kind of help him potentially make his way into, like I said, potentially into a starting line. But uh, realistically, he's probably going to end up being a bench warmer for his career. But he's going to be a guy that's kind of a, a higher floor reserve in the NFL that has the potential. Yeah. to end up getting a starting spot somewhere. Um, Only other guy from Notre Dame I think is going to get drafted this year is Isaiah Foskey, and I think he's probably going to go in like the second or third round. So he yeah. doesn't really count as a late guy. Specific receivers, um, I don't. I think he'll probably be more like fourth or fifth Parker Washington, Penn State mm-hmm. slot guy. Not a tester, 5'10", 200, but the dude just made so many plays and on like – contested balls down the field against big 10 cornerbacks like something there's just something about him where you feel like he's gonna catch on somewhere and, and carve out a role yeah so if you look yeah if you're looking for a slot guy who's not like a lightning fast slot guy but like a possession slot guy he's a good one later rounds right i've got one big wild card Slated according to Brugler to be a f- solid fourth round pick. Keishon Butte. Ooh. Yeah. That dude. Yeah. He's like Anthony Richardson in that. Like, ceiling is sky high, but his floor is like out of the league in two years. Oh, it's the basement sky. Yeah. Uh, ceiling is the sky. <laughs> yeah. Like, w- whatever his stuff is going on, like, he, he's got potential, all the potential in the world to be a great wide receiver. But. The mental side of things, just like the off-field stuff, has obviously been an, a, a very real issue with him. Which you know you can't say for, about like you know Jalen Carter, all that kind of shit. Like th- these were actual issues that he had off the field at LSU. And so, yeah. if they can get that figured out, much as I hate to say it, Pittsburgh seems to be the kind of place that can at least hide that kind of shit if they don't outright fix it. Um, that I feel like he could end up being a pretty solid contributor on an L team. Um, I'll give you all one linebacker from Clemson, Trenton Simpson. Mm-hmm. Mm. Athletic free, missed a lot of tackles inexplicably. I think there might be some coaching things there. But, like, guy, I think he ran, like, 4-4. He can cover and pass, and he can attack down here on the blitz. Yeah, it's, that's a weird year for linebackers. Like, I don't know. You got a couple guys that with first round potential first-round grades here, but I just don't really see the value right now for, for a lot of these guys. Yeah, linebacker's tough. Um, yeah. Toe to over in Alabama could be a, a late round sleeper there. Yeah, like Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders are probably both going to go top of the round two. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll be second day guys. Yeah, as far as Michigan State, the only guy that's really going to get drafted is Jaden Reed. Um, yeah. He'll, he'll probably go end of day two or on day three. But, I mean, like, I could, I could see him being like a Emmanuel Sanders type back when he was like pretty decent um (laughs) but then yeah uh the only other wide receiver is jonathan mingo i mean the dude's a freak but once again i don't know if he's gonna fall into day three or not um yeah Yeah. if he does i mean like 
like uh, Dukes. I know you're a Fort Niners fan. Like people are giving him like Debo Samuel like comps, which is pretty cool. Or like George Pickens, just somebody like that that you can pick up. Um, I got a question though. You think any of these running backs that we've seen, like the Bruisers, like uh, got a list of me, like Sean Tucker, Abonacanda, Chase Brown, or like. No, Ibrahim, like any of them will get drafted on day three and like make an impact. I don't yeah. know about making an impact. I, I think Chase Brown has a pretty good chance of getting drafted, honestly. Same with the Benacanda. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know, man. Like running backs, like if, yeah. dur- durable guys who can get three to five yards, there's all they always come out. Like, yeah. Tank Bigsby, I think. Teams draft. Like teams are shitty at drafting running backs, like they yeah. just are, and so like you know those guys will be around. I don't know if if, if they stay at drafts and make an impact, but I would not be surprised if guys like that end up on rosters. Yeah, this is another. Yeah. Pre- this is a pretty deep running back class, honestly, and I feel like you're going to see a lot of teams know that. And some of these guys that have like second or third round grades, they're probably going to end up going into like the fourth round just because of how deep of a class it is. Teams are going to want to get be- better value. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, you got Kendra Miller in here, Tank Bigsby, like I said. Uh, yeah, you said that Bigsby. I, lo- I like Tank. I like Tank Bigsby. He was fun I, to watch. I, I, I would have just watching him play. Gone down in bounds one time. <laughs> that would have been sick. Are we gonna get the? Are we gonna get the full Darren Sproles effect out of Deuce Vaughn? I hope so. He was fun in college, man. But I feel like those kind of running backs. Especially that um, he just the durability issues just pile up with them because it's not like a quarterback where you can argue that they don't they shouldn't be getting hit a whole lot. Like running backs are going to get tackled a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, he's going to be like a fifth round pick. Yeah, like, probably or six. I would say so. How's his um, return game? I don't. I, I never watched him return anything. If he even did, he definitely returned because he was like if he would have came back this year, he would have. Pass rolls and all-purpose yards. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one thing guy catches like you know a trend in holiday to catch on for kick returning and like being a screen pass guy. <laughs> yeah, um, where uh, like what's y'all's like ideal for the rest of your picks for your teams? This this is my only last question. Like, where do you want to see the Bears go and the 49ers and Giants for the rest of their picks? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um. Yeah, I, I they need to build the D line up. Like their their D line is was atrocious last year. Like hands down, worst in the league. Um, I wouldn't mind if they grabbed one of these wide receivers in like the third round or something like that. But I again, this is a biased pick for me. But I think Foskey with his motor would be pretty solid as an end for the, for them. Uh, they just need guys though. Like they, I want to say fucking, I couldn't even tell you who the best defensive lineman on this team is right now there's not not a single person that comes to mind as a name so i they gotta go trench heavy whatever they end up doing you 49ers i think uh we're in a good spot secondary still kind of weak this position i don't think we have really invested with in draft wise i think the highest pick we have playing on is like demandre lenore or maybe ambry thomas those guys like fourth and fifth round picks so and we don't have a first round pick because of the trade last trades are they gonna trade him? There you have it. I hope not. I don't think Purdy's the answer. Yeah, like he was leaking oil as the season went on, but the Shanahan's have this weird thing that they think they're smarter than everybody else, so they probably trade him. Do you think Shanahan's yeah. good at developing quarterbacks? No. Okay. 
even his dad has never developed a quarterback. That's kind of like the thing. Like they've inherited every Super Bowl quarterback they they inherited from Steve Young to John Elway to I guess Kirk Cousins would be like the one that he put on a pedestal, but if that's your pedestal quarterback, then you shouldn't be talking. Not a very high pedestal. No. no. All right. Yeah. No, I was just curious uh, how you felt about great offensive play callers. Just a, yeah. I, I think they're a little bit, they can be a little bit smug about like trying to mitigate the importance of talent. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. You got any other questions for us, Bennett? No. I, um, the way this shaked out worked good for the Steelers, though. Like, I, I really hope they can get DeWan Jones and 32. Um, they just do, they, they probably have the worst tackle group in the NFL right now. Like they need a tackle and a cornerback and honestly, probably a guard and a defensive lineman and a wide receiver. Like they just need a lot right now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of teams that need some help in the trenches. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to find NFL caliber offensive linemen just with the way college offenses are. Yeah. Luckily, luckily with them, like I, I've always kind of trusted them to find a wide receiver in like the fourth round that can yeah. pan out. Yeah. Luckily. I've got one question for you guys. This is very far in the future. We can always circle back on this. Who's going to be the fourth overall pick in next year's NL draft? Who's next? Yeah. Good Lord. The 2024 draft. Okay. <laughs> fourth pick. Because it's going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May, right? Yep. Who's who's the third? That's uh, that's where it starts to get interesting. Uh, do, is it another one of these quarterbacks? Because it's a it's a pretty loaded room, and they got guys that have potential. I mean, it's got to be one. It's got to be one of um, Marvin Harrison, though. Uh, Marvin yeah, Harrison, Harrison or, Brock, or Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. You think Bra- Bowers be. goes top five? I think Bowers goes top five easy. Okay. Somebody's. Oh. I, I don't. I don't think you. Sh- I don't think it's values there. But somebody's going to take yeah. him. Uh, to a to a uh, JT to a to a Matalo to a what the Ohio State D end. Um, yeah. What's the tattoo name? Matalo. What's oh, that uh, o- Olu. Yeah, Olu. My boy. Olu. It's a kid Olu from Bama. I'm going uh, full sports guy. <laughs> um, kid from Bama. What's his last name? The defensive end, Turner. Turner, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Dallas me. Turner. Yeah, Dallas Turner. Yeah. 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 I could. You're yeah. actually right. I could. I could see. I if 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 oh if Penn State has a good year, Olu should be a top five pick, easy. Yeah. Joe Alt. So, Joe Alt for Notre Dame, I think, is one that has potential to be a top five pick too. Yeah, yeah. that's another guy. Yep. Yeah. So who are the other quarterbacks in next year draft? Like Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, you got JJ McCarthy, you got Michael Penix, uh, Bo Nix. No, none, <laughs> none, of, none of them are going top. Yeah, this, this take him off. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking like top five, but I don't think next year has any running backs, like, Sanders. any running backs like this. Like, I think it'll probably be Travion Henderson. It's probably the top. You guys are sleeping on my dude, Kool Aid McKinstry. What a great name. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, yeah I no, I was, I was just wondering what you guys thought of, because obviously, like, I think yeah. we all assume that it's going to be May, Williams, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. in some combination, depending on who's where. Yeah, God, Marvin Harrison I'm Jr. I'm not that sold on May, but that's, not sold on a, May? Yeah, and then maybe that's a story for another podcast. I need another year. I need to see him some more. That's fair. I, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. But 
all right, fellas. Well, it is getting late. We're going to let you guys all go here. Thank you so much for hopping on, doing this mock draft with us. Had a blast talking this up with you guys. Very much looking forward to tomorrow. All right. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Content Mac, no matter what. <laughs> Always make sure and figure out how many people win their birthday parties. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. We will be back sometime in the next couple of weeks, maybe do a little draft recap and uh, just kind of talking spring ball, seeing what we've got going on on the recruiting front and just kind of getting back into the swing of the college football season. So in the meantime, enjoy the NFL draft and don't tweet at recruits. Nope. Transfer portal's open, nope. so don't do it. Well, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Transfer portal. Transfer portal. Yeah, one more day. Right. Good night, fellas. Good night, boys. <laughs>